Hello, people of Earth. It's Wednesday night. And you know what that means? It's the time of the week where everybody asks the question, Hey, did you see this one? I did it. Perfect. One of these days. Well, my, al- my alarm went off in the middle of that to tell you to record. <laughs> One of these days, <laughs> I'm not going to start the show by saying I did the thing that I was supposed to. Nailed ladies, it. Ladies and gentlemen and everybody in between. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hey, Did You See This One? Uh, I'd like to introduce your host for this week. It's the cage man, Kalen. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, you in the back, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's right, everyone, it's <laughs> Hey, did you see this one? With your host, myself, Kellen, my fellow hosts, Jason and Steven, and our returning guest, Ben, give it up! Three episodes thank in you. a row, that must be episode. some sort of record. You got a yeah, three episode arc. Yeah, you're fucking welcome. Also, I mean, <laughs> there were there were some rumors and allegation, not allegations, but rumors that this was like based on a script for Escape from Earth, which are false. I am sad to report, but Un- unconfirmed. You can't say. Well, false. no, they were <laughs> they were like publicly den- denied eventually that they mm. uh, that it's not. I mean, according what to my asking, research, what are they talking about? You might be asking your view- yourselves, you viewers at home, or or at work, or maybe you're on the bus, or maybe you're in the bathroom. Name all the places that talking exist. Yeah, where else could they be, Kalen? <laughs> you could be on Mars. You could be on. You Jupiter. could be on freaking Mars. On Mars, watching this. How is it? Hopefully, you guys got rid of the ghosts. Speaking of this week's episode, <laughs> that wraps up. This month's of uh, John Carpenter Presents January. Again, we are diving deep, uh, short, into <laughs> Ghosts of Mars. Oh, we're going to dive deep for sure. Also, I still don't know why we call it John Carpenter Presents. It should just be called John Carpenter's January. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, how yeah it no, always I know. Like, I'm watching the movie titles. I'm like, wait a second. It never says Presents. It's just, it's, he owns it. He owns all of the ghosts of Mars. That's a fuck up on, on me. Also, the whole name for this particular month is John Carpenter Presents January Year Two. It's the whole, oh. it's real wordy. Earth I th- Two. I think John Carpenter Presents is the best title you could have picked. Because he tries to disown all of the movies we've talked about, except for Escape from New York. <laughs> and that yeah. people just didn't get what I was trying to do. It was tongue in cheek. Yeah. Like, well, no, oh, it didn't. that's it what bad. it was. This movie was like tongue and butt. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. Listen. In a bad way. Some people like that. Uh, Actually, I didn't mind this movie as much as I thought I was going to, to be honest. But anyway, sorry, Kalen, you're hosting. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's get these tracks already. There's a train in this movie. There a is. A miniature train. <laughs> Oh, we can use that for the, the space the tracks. The, yeah. Exactly, space tracks. Yeah, good call. That's the <laughs> that's the code word for tracks this episode. Space tracks. Okay. Excuse me, but if you've seen the episodes before, you know how we do. We like to give a little rundown as to our uh, first time, first view- viewings, first memories, first feelings uh, involved with uh, the movie of the week, and. As before, Ben, if you could grace us with your 
Is Steven okay? Is he coughing? <laughs> I'm just laughing. <laughs> I <Okay>. was laughing. <laughs> Thank you. I'll take yeah. that as a compliment. Mm-hmm. Ben, take it away. Yeah. Tell us your first time. Um, we we all know that I love Carpenter. Yeah. Um, I think we all do. He seemed to falter a lot later on in the 90s and early 2000s. And this was his last movie for nine years until The Ward came out in 2010. And I I, I know why. Um, <laughs> it took me a few viewings from like the first time I saw it. it. It just, it didn't seem right to me. It didn't seem like a Carpenter film. Uh, but it was the first time I saw Jason Statham, mm-hmm. uh, Natasha Henstridge. We had all seen Species. Uh, Ice Cube. Oh, Cube's that's what she's fantastic. from, right? Yeah. Uh, Pam Greer, again, always. Okay. Always want to see Pam Greer on screen. She's great. Um, it, I love science fiction, uh, but this is more, I think, of a, a Western. So combining the two together seemed like it would be a perfect movie for me. Um, we'll get into that. <laughs> perfect yeah and like all of john carpenter's movies are secretly westerns like every single fucking one especially lately he he really yeah. got into that weird like john hawk style of western filmmaking looking yeah. at um escape from la i will say uh mm-hmm. vampires and then this come on yeah but even like they live it's like the drifter rolls into town on a train and you know like, very good point it's a lot of like visual iconography and music and just like just the things you know from westerns you like but he's like sneaking them in to be like eh, he's a cowboy don't you know he's a cowboy um sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you are you are you completed on oh. your final thoughts or your intro i should say that's it for me yeah. i think that's a great segue into steven why don't you share your thoughts of your first <laughs> every single carpenter is a secret goddamn western <laughs> yeah. um i saw this movie not in theaters because i was still sort of growing into my position of comfort comfort with movies that present as scary and this one definitely did i remember seeing the trailer for this movie for something else i had watched and i was spooked i was like oh god that movie looks absolutely horrifying but i was also scared of everything at this point and uh but i, I this was like the first year i went into high school and I had only just started watching, you know, actual scary movies the summer previous, like moving in from middle school into high school. I had watched The Shining and uh, The Exorcist and all that stuff. But it, it like scared the absolute shit out of me. Like I would be shivering in bed like, oh, am I going to get possessed by a demon? Is a hotel going to drive me insane? Um, but hotel. I, The Shining. The hotel. No, I mean, my bad. Bad joke. Bad joke. I don't understand the joke at all. I mean, depending on what hotel you stay at, maybe you could go a little crazy. Oh, okay. I get it. It's like a, oh no, travel horrors. The hotel from the 1408 movie. This is a hotel from hell. What's that Motel 8 called? Motel 8. Yeah. Um, But I I saw it, I think at like a sleepover or something, you know, making new friends in high school and you rent something random. And this was one of them. And I remember watching it and being like, why was I spooked about this? This is nonsense. Yeah. Like, this is all nonsense. And uh, I had seen the majority of these actors and other things before, but I was still in that sort of infancy of being able to recognize people and place a movie to their name and be hyped about them for something else. It was just like, I recognize most of these people and I don't know why. 
Um, but I remember thinking it was bad, but I was also at, you know, a sleepover. We were all eating chips and someone was playing Mario Kart on another TV or Mario Party and you'd hop in and just this movie was just playing on the side. And I remember thinking like, man, oh man, a lot of people get their heads cut off in this movie. And like, that's like <laughs> my main impression of, of the movie the first time I watched it. And I hadn't seen it again until yesterday. And I think it was because it was so panned by even like the most diehard um, Carpenter fans as just one of his wor- absolute worst movies. And I think most people put it at the very bottom of the list. Like it's like yeah. this and then I don't know what else is <laughs> escape from LA. Probably <laughs> like it's, it's not, uh, it's not far from the bottom. Um, LA, I mean, is not far from the bottom, but most people would put this one at the very bottom, but the, it has its defenders as well, which is kind of interesting. And, I was expecting it to be the worst pile of shit I'd ever watched. Uh, and then, you know, <laughs> I kind of let my guard down. And as I just saw, like, the titles come up, like, and then it's like, this whole planet is a matriarch. I was like, what? <laughs> this planet's run by ladies? Cool. Yeah, let's never mention that again in the film. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Right? I think I think it was just to explain why the women are so, like, badass. Like, all the women are just, like, blowing people away yeah like none of them are weak they're just they're the bosses and it's like okay that's interesting but like maybe go more into it you know like have them be like we don't take orders from men (laughs) you know like like have them be like the like toxic masculinity but in the the form of a female it'd be kind of interesting a couple of the only anyway yeah i'll I'll pass it i'll pass it on on to jason (laughs) jason's mumbling into his mic we're a couple. Yes, of, we're a couple of the only breeders on this planet. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm ignoring well, your. Which advance. woman was that? that I was think she's trying to say I'm ignoring your advances for seventy five percent of the movie. Well, why mm-hmm. don't we give it a little go? Okay, like that. We'll get <laughs> yeah. into it. But um, it doesn't really work when I have to stop and explain what I was doing. It just probably sounded like mumbling. My first time watching this movie was today. Uh, I like (laughs) much like Steve was one of those people that when movies would come out, um, I would see a trailer and be horrified in a way that's like, I'll never be able to watch that. It's too spoopy, spoopy and scary. But what this actually ultimately is, is Sonya Blade goes to the doom world and it's not Sonya Blade. I know it's okay. he's making he's combi- he's smashing video games together. Ah, got it, got the it, character got it, got it. is they. I was like, you, she should have played Sonya Blade. She's a little bit more. I could take her a little bit more seriously than the woman who played Sonya Blade in the Mortal Kombat movie. Uh, I know that she would have been younger, but I, Natasha Henstridge. Uh, I think she was replaced by January Jones in Hollywood. They have very similar faces, very similar wooden acting abilities. Um, <laughs> And that that's the, those are the things I was thinking about while watching this, uh, this one act of plot and two acts of poor, poorly choreographed fighting to generic metal. But ironically, that's what I love about it, baby. Put this on the list of movies that are dumb, but I like them with Event Horizon because this is all also very similar to Event Horizon. In my one opinion. of the most. One of the most disappointing aspects about the movie is that John Carpenter composed all of the music for this, but it was performed by, I think, Anthrax, which is just <laughs> fucking it? bullshit. Was it really it Anthrax? Been, it would have been so much better if it was just John Carpenter, like, 
on a synthesizer than the generic rock music that we got i actually made a note saying is this the worst music in a john carpenter film ever listen i think it might be i liked it because of how on the nose it was for like the the choreograph the choreography in these fight scenes were so bad like ice cube ice cube it it was like there was no stunt it was like there was no stunt coordinate coordinator on screen it was like go yeah, they're like, okay, this guy's going to swipe at you, you punch him, and then this guy's going to run at you and you flip him. Okay, go. And then like they just did it on take one, you know? But Steve, you've, like, you think... you've said in the past that John Carpenter's not great at f- shooting fights. So... Well, he's not, not great at it, though, as well. Like, he when he has to... Like, okay, Big Trouble, for example. Like, the all the stuff in that fight scene in the alley at the beginning of that movie is like spectacular compared to the one-on-one movie, on one know, fist like fight people people get it. no when all those two gangs, gangs. Like a funeral and then oh, like they yeah. accidentally pull in and then like two gangs go and like people are getting thrown through windows and like like punching each other quickly and it's not the most amazing choreographed fight scene you've ever seen but compared to this movie it is it is yeah. the best if, oh my god it's it's frustrating to watch because you know there's all these characters are like semi-interesting, but then you see them in a fight, and you're like, they would have died like so, so quickly. Question for you, all of you: um, Do you all agree that John Carpenter is better as a minimalist director? Yes. Mm. Yeah, he should Absolutely. not be tackling big things like this. I mean, I, I agree in so far as his '80s offerings are much better. Like the thing yes. is the most minimalist. thing thing excuse my pun well done ever but he's got to mix genres for me to enjoy it and i think that's why i like this dumb pile of nonsense th- well, as much as i do because he mixes so many things together but and, it's and too that... big it's too big well so i just want to point out that kaylin didn't do his no no finish, oh, finish okay. thing. I'll, I'll hop in cool no no you take take the stage no no no, no, no. there's lots of stage <laughs> Um, I'll quickly get it out of the way. My first, I the the poster. Yes, we see it. <laughs> um, I do recall seeing the poster. I don't know why. I never had an urge to actually check out the movie. Um, so Sunday was my first time. Poster. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's it kind of like grabs you, kind of. Um, but Sunday was my first viewing. Um, ben, I believe you asked me to go into it picturing uh, L- or, uh, sorry, Ice Cube as a Snake. And there's definitely some lines where I was like, oh, like he, Snake wouldn't say that. But if he did, that'd be hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, while watching it, though, I kind of got a feeling that um, so Natasha's character, I believe Michelle, was kind of playing the Snake character. And then Ice Cube was kind of playing like the the kid of the president character kind of is how i felt about it i, I felt like that. they were all playing snake like they were all <laughs> little bits of snake's personality split up i, yeah. I think you're 100 correct um watching it recently like i've watched it a couple of times today um statham as jericho yeah yeah, yeah. he has snake pliskin lines left and right he's like right. The, the pervy Pliskin. Yeah. 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 Pervy Pliskin, yeah. badass Pliskin, Lady Pliskin, Pam Revere Pliskin. Just shave your head. God yeah. damn it. 
the name's again. Jericho. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, come Call on, me Jericho. Come on now. Was this We're the only two breeders of here. Well, I was thinking that this is the last time I might get, get a little sweet cheeks with them sweet cheeks, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and she's like, okay, just bad writing. I feel like Fine. all the uh, the bad writing in this is from his writing partner, and the the normal Maybe. like the normal ass writing in this movie um, is John Carpenter just like stop it. I'm trying to work in here. Like I'm, I'm writing a John Carpenter script, and this other guy's like, what if uh, Jason Statham is a pervert? And what if he yeah. likes it? You know, he comes in and he says, wiggle, 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 or something. <laughs> Speaking of uh, what if, I I I hate this movie as John Carpenter's Ghosts of Mars. Yeah, I, I feel you. like there's a you're, lot of good faith that you give this movie that you wouldn't otherwise if it was not directed by him. Yeah. Well, are, are you all familiar with Alan Smithy? No. Go on. It's a name given when a director wants their name removed from the film, okay. but it has to be released with a director's name attached. So right, that like is name, yeah. exactly it's Alan Smithy. Look up Alan Smithy on IMDb, and you'll see the worst movies ever made. I mean, if you like, put it's like Alan different... Smithy's Ghost of Mars, yeah, this movie's a fucking banger. <laughs> yeah. oh, Who the hell made this? This is amazing. It's like Escape exactly. from Earth. <laughs> I also wanted to point out, Kaylin, as, as you were saying, like that, you know, uh, all these characters, or a couple of these characters are, are Snake-esque. LL Cool J is literally wearing the same clothes that Snake wears in Escape from L.A., except his camo pants are red camo instead of blue camo. No, ladies love Cool J. Like, ooh, camo. Ooh, red Sorry, camo. Sorry, uh, Which did I say LL Cool J? Sorry, yeah. I'm, yeah. Like, I'm mixing up Deep Blue Sea in my brain. I posit that the, uh, the fad of kids wearing different colors of camo is from this movie because around this time if you remember 2001 people were wearing the like yellow camo the blue camo yeah but if you're on mars you're gonna be wearing red camo that's how you blend into the red earth of mars i remember this movie (laughs) the rusty nasty dirt of mars i was 16 when this movie came out and i remember it being popular like i remember it being a dumb movie that like people my age liked at during high school I share Ben's look of confusion. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's I because... we're confused. Maybe it's just my group of friends. We all loved Ice Cube. Um, that makes more sense. If it's an isolated group of people yeah, all like okay. chest bumping well, about a movie. <laughs> I mean, yeah. in, in, in Halifax, too, people loved... People just loved Ice Cube. And the groups that I ran with, we were a bunch of punks. We listened to punk rock and Dr. Dre 2001 and the, that do- double disc Ice Cube album that came out in like 2002. Yeah. And I remember, Where was the John Carpenter Ice Cube collaboration is what I want to know. I want more. Uh, well, John Carpenter actually met tons of people at shows like music shows. Like he went to so many concerts and he would meet people back that's how alice cooper is in uh, the prince of darkness he just met him no he met him at wrestlemania actually that's yeah, how they met that's he, real he goes to like so many events and meets celebrities and he's like you know i i got this role that maybe will be good for you like i can imagine that that's how ice cube got this uh role was that he probably just met him at a show <laughs> but imagine if they did the sound like the the the, the instrumental soundtrack together like maybe kind of western cool. rock with some kind of like rap a little bit maybe but I would is, love to hear that. Imagine is if I if Ice, Ice Cube, Cube a producer or does he, did he just he, like, no yeah, I don't he think just he do is, vocal, vocal well yeah. he probably he probably had a hand in producing his own like beats on his albums. But I'm saying like if I if if Ice Cube and whoever his producer is worked with John Carpenter and they made an album where Ice Cube did 
rap over like John Carpenter like right like beats. like P Diddy and the Godzilla soundtrack. Well, cool. that's a little different. <laughs> that's a little di- that's that's them just ripping off Cashmere. That's and... also just yeah. like uh that's also just like Sean Combs getting a massive paycheck for making a song. To and all you do popularize you a piece just of goes, shit movie. Come with me over the fucking over the the hook from Cashmere by Led Zeppelin. So it's not even they didn't really change. Yeah, I don't think. They oh yeah, it's still a, that's that's not like a new thing that happens all the goddamn time in music, true. right? It's true, and it's weird too because P Diddy sort of brought it from he brought it over from like rappers using it as just like samples to pulling the whole sample from already established pop songs, and then after P Diddy started doing it in like the mid '90s, fucking now it's just so prevalent across like there's no like new music i know that right now uh eiffel 65's blue is used in like a huge song i don't know ben if you watched raw 30 on monday no i, I heard about but they used that song all night and i'm like I'm blue, da, ba, dee, da, yeah, you just hear like now listen up and you'll hear <laughs> a no forget all the good parts and the singer is just singing. Uh, she says something like, I'm having the best freaking time of my life. And yeah. it's not great. But, you know, pe- those hooks are what people um, get you interested. Much like John Carpenter movies have hooks. But well, nobody... this movie is basically like him remixing his own movie. That's, right? like, that's where I was going. He basically had like a, a little grab bag <laughs> yeah. of everything people liked from all yeah. his other movies. And he shook it up in a bottle and was like, send it to Mars. You like orange skies. <laughs> you like, you like clever quips by a well, it's like he's got his, he's got his Pliskin S characters. He's got his assault on precinct, precinct 13, like in a jail situation with people trying to get into murder. Horror them. shit. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. We, we've got uh, two more. Uh, he has the camera following them around, like the shape from Halloween, basically like doing the perspective camera stuff, like all over the goddamn place in this movie. Mm-hmm. They've got the the distrust when she gets possessed and they dump yeah, her the ass thing, out, the which thing is, is like the thing. All over it's like a movie. two second version of the thing where they mistrust <laughs> yeah. her for like just her to trip yeah. out and see the fish aliens or whatever. One person's like, uh, oh, he, I haven't heard any of them speak English, so clearly she's not possessed. Yeah. Right. Uh, you've got an ancient evil that's been locked away and is gaining power, like Big Trouble in Little China. You've got... I don't know. There's probably a bunch more. That, I, I say there are four main movies that he just right. took from to create this For sure, yeah. mess. And I, I will say, you were right on the first two. I would say Escape from New York mm-hmm. and Assault on Precinct 13, uh, cops and, and criminals working together yeah. uh, in a siege situation. I'm a I cop. Also You're a criminal. Say, How will this ever work? I will also Comedy say The incidents. Fog, for sure. The Fog, yeah, The Fog, yeah. Okay, and, yeah, yeah. and Prince of Darkness with uh, Natasha Hedrich's, um, like weird dream vision of what's going on. Yeah, and like, also like an ancient evil being buried exactly. beneath Earth and possessing people and getting yeah. them to do with its will and shit. Yeah. Now, if only this movie had Alice Cooper, it would be great. That's yeah. Awesome. Imagine Alice been... Cooper played that main alien. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that would be amazing! <laughs> I would love that. I would love yeah. that too. I think that would uh, elevate this movie just enough to make it. You know, well, I'll tell you what my rating is at the end. <laughs> I have a question for you guys. Do you think that they? 
actually were speaking like a scripted language, like the the monster alien possessed people, or they just were like, just make a bunch of fucking noises because it just sounds like they're going. It does sound like a bunch of noises. Did they get? Yeah. yeah did they get the the linguist for, that made the lang that turned the language of Elven in fucking Lord of the Rings? The guy who made they say, Rocky and HBO's yeah. Or did they go tr try to do it not racist sounding? Yeah. <laughs> try was fish sounds. I think it was more of we have limited time and no money action yeah <laughs> we spent all the money on the group of people storming feral. storming the base <laughs> from far do you know away. how much this little train cost yeah yeah <laughs> get on it it costs a lot it costs the same amount of money we paid ice cube <laughs> and that was a lot yeah he was big, big money in 2001 he's just started acting he's probably like i'm gonna act now i mean he'd been acting for a little while and i i gotta say if you utilize him well in anything you can get an amazing performance out of him but he's also one of those actors that like he'll come in with modifications to the script and stuff and like write his own things like his own little monologues lots and of motherfuckers and if, let, and if you if you let him go like he yeah he is like very convincing and good and, and in this movie it just felt like he was like okay i'm in a john carpenter movie i need to like take everything very are you saying, earnestly and seriously and just you, be like i am a serious character are you saying yeah. that i should watch are we there yet too <laughs> yeah that in that movie utilized very well <laughs> did yeah. uh the the jump streets were he was pretty funny yeah he's going listen yeah. i'm funny. not saying funny i'm saying good <laughs> funny and good are not the same fucking thing yeah but you have to be good to be funny in a lot of cases i'm saying that he can be a very compelling actor with compelling performances that will make the movie better Caleb, I'm, I'm not saying I'm he made you. me laugh a couple times yeah. in the movie because he's mad we jump street yeah. jump in did, your ass <laughs> did anyone see uh, or read his reactions to uh to the film the, the no. final oh, film that no what do you got to you got some listed there he was like he was happy to be part of a john carpenter film and, and yeah. then He's like, yeah. In the end, uh, the the budget wasn't there for what we tried to pull off, and uh, yeah, and just abandoned it. <laughs> He's like, oh, this it. interview's over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate though, because like, again, you know, we talked last week a little bit about like Pam Greer and stuff, and like, yeah. she once again is like weirdly desexualized in like a major way where like I was saying last week, like Pam Greer is maybe one of the most beautiful people that's ever existed on the planet earth. Oh, totally. He puts, he puts her into escape from LA and makes her into a trans person that we're meant to kind of laugh at throughout it. And I, you know, I went into a little bit and I was like, you know, but it's not the worst representation of trans people. And she's, you know, presenting as a woman, but like the, the lower pitched voice is just silly and dumb. And then in this movie, they make her into like a, ugh, a lesbian, ugh, like, like <laughs> even this yeah, it was weird. woman's like, I'm as straight as they come or whatever. And you're like, fuck off. Like if, if this movie is really taking place in the future, have you seen any Gen Zeros? They're all looking at each other's butts. I, yeah, I missed, I missed the bit that was like, it's a matriarchy. And I was like, when he was like, what breed, we're the only two breeders left. I was like, oh, is this like a weird thing where they're making a commentary about how everybody's gay in the future? Because that's weird, but the matriarchy thing, I guess, you know, is also kind of weird. It, but it's also like they they're making it a thing where, like, again, the the Pam Greer had had come off of Jackie Brown, and like she was a leading actor, and it could have meant like so much for her as an actor, you know, and she yeah. could be still doing amazing. Just to put her to head day, on, a, but, she just disappears, you know, like, and they put her head the, on a pike. Well, like, like the the biggest thing weird. that I've seen her in in the last like ten years is one of the radio personalities on Grand Theft Auto Five. 
Yeah. You know, like that's that was like the biggest thing I'd seen her in a long time. Yeah, and, but those those radio stations are hilarious. And they're big. That's a big get for any actor, especially if you're <laughs> yeah. like not washed up, but like this is frustrating. Why? <laughs> I think I think we can all agree that Carpenter did her wrong again. Yes, Dude, that's what I'm. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Is that she's underutilized? She dies so quickly, which Wait, is like hold, super annoying. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Why do you, why is that frustrating? It's I'm trying to make a point that she's an amazing actor, and like the fact that saying it's a huge get for somebody to be a voice on a Grand Theft Auto Five radio station is not is. the same thing. I don't think it's the same thing as being the star of Jackie Brown. No, it's definitely not Jack the same Brown's thing awesome. as being the star of Jackie Brown. You're right, but the thing about the the thing about the GTA radio station specifically that I think is a big get is because you live in that game that will be played by literally millions and millions of people forever. I, if that, you yeah, like I'm not saying I am not saying that it's a bad. <laughs> so I'm not saying it's a bad thing to have. No, what but I'm I feel saying like you is were that... discrediting what i was saying about that being a pretty big okay that well what i would say is that like imagine tilda swinton was doing a grand theft auto 5 radio station like i don't think that that would be what she would be doing it would probably be hilarious but she doesn't she wouldn't be doing that because she has all these creative projects that she's going to be able to do and like utilize and whereas pam Greer getting that it's a big get for somebody who is a voice actor but pam Greer has like an illustrious career that was getting bigger and better and then this movie brought her back to like the same sh- like shitty black exploitation movies that she was making in the seventies. Do we stuff, know right? what like, happened? Exactly. Like, do you know why her like she peaked? Her past. Yeah. I think that Tarantino utilized her in a way that nobody else like could. knew how to okay. and could, and it's just unfortunate, I guess, is what I'm saying. And it happens a lot to like POC actors. And, you know, it's sad because, like, I was excited when I was like, I, I know she's in it. I, I haven't seen it in a long time. And I didn't realize she was just going to show up and be like, hit on the hot blonde and then be <laughs> like a, a meat bag, basically, like a Marcus Phoenix style character and then die off screen. Everybody else is getting their little like off moments away from the, the main character who is basically telling the story to the council. Right. Like, but she's also, like, well, can we trust said. the narrator? Is this like one of those, you know? That's what I was wondering too. It, it, it's it's no, you can't. But the movie, and I wonder. I don't if that think part of it. I don't think this movie's smart enough to do that. <laughs> no, yeah, and like, or it was just even it's just happening where... in John Carpenter's head. Like he's in his head. That's what's happening, but they it's not written like that, and nobody else knows. <laughs> nobody else well, knows. This, that brings me to like a weird, the weird, annoying thing of the cross dissolves, like. Oh my, oh my god. god. It's so, so fucking insane. Can like, I just can I talk about the worst one in the whole movie? Yes, <laughs> she, you can. She says she's like, I gotta go get something. And then there's a swipe, and then she just leaves the room and comes back moments <laughs> yeah, later. Yeah. yeah. I've never I seen would say the worst like, one is I've when never she's seen anything like that before. She sees the guy kill himself in the thing, and then she goes around to the back and tries to get it open, and then Jason Statham shows up. And then she's like, I don't know. I was looking and it was like he was trying to say something. And then it cross dissolves to like two seconds before, which she's <laughs> like, it's like the same shot of her looking into the fucking car and him killing himself again. I'm like, well, we saw this two seconds ago. There, there's a, thread that like I go a, down to. a flashback within a flashback within a flashback. That and has it's no a story being told. Damn, like the whole movie is a flashback of her telling the story exactly. of what happened. Yeah, It's so all That's over funny. the place. Like in the third, right before they get into like just the fighting, 
they're the movie kind of keeps forgetting like where they are in the story so we get like a flashback to natasha what specifically when natasha hensrich is telling the story about how jason statham meets those mars dudes then those mars dudes tell a story about how they saw <laughs> the ghouls i yeah. kept call, referring to them as ghouls because what the fuck else are they they're ghouls sees they're the ghouls and then that catches up to jason statham meeting them which then goes yeah. to present well, okay in the so story. that's the, the gambit that this movie is kind of trying to make right is it's like it's she's having a tribunal she's giving her sort of like um that's her running. debrief of what happened at the mining colony or wherever the fuck they are and like it's supposed to be sort of a disjunct storytelling situation a la like a tarantino or whatever because she's telling the right. story to these people so they're able to go back and do things like that in a weird out of sync story because a person wouldn't be able to tell the story in a succinct way so they're right. like it's like they're trying to remind you that she's telling the story and i think that's why the cross dissolves are there where it's like it's meant to feel like ethereal and dreamlike because it's a, a person telling you the story and things would get muddy together but at the same time, it's like super cheesy bad, and like it reminds you yeah. of a really old. You would think that like cross dissolves had like just been invented or some yeah. shit. Like, <laughs> like fucking Carpenter is like, oh man, you mean cross I can dissolve. I can have two images overlay on top of each other in a couple seconds? This is amazing. No one's seen this in Star Wars. <laughs> I kept. Yeah. I literally said out loud while I was watching. I'm like at my desk watching this movie. I say out loud, "They this shit's been going on since the 70s." Yeah, and man. I couldn't. I, re-watched... I couldn't believe it. They should have done. They should have thrown a star wipe in there just for the fucking. Well, they have like a. They have a almost a star wipe where it wipes yeah. from one corner to the yeah. other. Like they a do star that multiple Wars times. Style, like... um, I mean, a literal the literal star. That's oh, from, like, like the, the star default, shows up. Yeah, like, <laughs> like the default yeah. uh, wipes from like uh, from like you know Photoshop, video toaster, fantastic yeah. starburst. Yeah. <laughs> so I I wanted to just to throw in like I watch I rewatched Doctor Sleep yesterday. And, um, you know, it's a sequel to The Shining. So they're they're trying to match sort of Kubrick style of of certain transitions and things. And they do a lot of cross dissolves in this movie as well. But they do it in an appropriate way where, like, it slowly fades from one image to the, the other where there'll, there'll be, like, car headlights that, like, look like they're highlighting the person oh, yeah. who's walking towards yeah. the camera. And, like, it's artistry right whereas this is just like they cross dissolve from this blonde woman walking into a cell with uh ice cube and ice and then it like cross dissolves for some fucking reason back and forth between them like it looks like a shitty music video like i said literally she's like i gotta go get i gotta go get something and she walks out of the room it cross dissolves and she comes back I think we can door. all agree the cross dissolves make us want to fucking smash our heads on yeah, the iron I, ball I bars of the pri- Mars prison cell. <laughs> like, I don't think that's the only thing that makes us want to do that. It's no, one of that them. That storytelling <laughs> yeah. throughout the movie that's just like all over the place. I, I almost feel like they the when they were making the movie, they wanted, they were like, this is going to blow people's minds. They're not going to know what's going on in, in sort of like yeah. a positive way. But you watch the movie and you're like, <laughs> I'm following it. You're, it's not that hard to follow, but... If you're trying to be smart with this, you're not. You're this would yeah. confuse an idiot. This would confuse a dumb person. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't think it's for idiots. I don't, I don't know if it would. This movie's for dumb people. <laughs> I mean, I got a little confused. <laughs> this movie this movie is 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 mass media consumption movie, right? It's a big action flick. Probably did okay in theaters. It? 
That's how, it had a really it had a really big budget. It yes. was the it, it was I think yes. it was the intention. And John, John Carpenter's name was big enough that you could people would go see it based on just yeah. his was name. Was this alone. the biggest budget he ever had? Um, I don't know I, for I sure. Don't believe. I feel so. like Escape from L.A. was probably his zenith. zenith. Well, Escape, Escape from L.A. is also the reason that we get some really nice miniatures and matte paintings in this movie is because he was so disappointed with how L.A. turned out that he's like, I want to go back and I want to make yeah, minis okay. and do all that kind of stuff. I've got the budget and the uh, box office for you here. Who wants to guess about this budget? I think the budget Ooh, okay. was 125 million, and it made it made 98 million. Okay. okay I'm gonna okay. say I'm gonna say 85 million for the budget, mm-hmm. and it probably made 40, 45 to 50 ish. Okay. Caleb? One dollar, Bob. <laughs> For like both, <laughs> yeah. they spent a dollar. They made a dollar. They broke even, baby. Uh, you're 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 pretty close. Uh, the budget twenty eight million. Okay, oh, that's way uh, off. The box office half of that. Okay, was that fourteen? So it fourteen million. It was a complete <laughs> box office bomb. That's surprising. Yeah. It, it, I mean, that's surprising. I mean, it's. It, Kind of looks like a like a you know like a sci-fi channel movie. Yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day, at best. That's yeah. What I, at best. I had a lot of moments where I was like, "Is this? Are they serious?" I'm also used to like <laughs> movies having like a five hundred million dollar yeah. budget now, right? Well, like, and that's where we are today. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's why I thought that this piece of shit was 125 million in 2001. But you know, like it was a different time. It was pre it was pre a horrible tragic event. So people were uh you know they, they were they felt a little more safe. We could have a, a movie on Mars and not have to worry too sweat you, too hard about that budget. Do you posit that uh, Ghosts of Mars caused 9-11? Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> Al Qaeda saw this Is it movie. The prequel and they were like, total recall? Al Qaeda saw this movie and was like, "That's it." Is this movie the prequel to Total Recall? <laughs> Is that what you asked? That's gold. I love that. Maybe all the the zombies become mutants eventually, like the the red mist that they let out of the secret tomb that wasn't made by man, as posited by uh, the the stripper robot from Blade Runner. I, I forget her name, but she's, uh, she's like the uh, she's like the the analyst or like the chemical engineer i'm not sure what her actual title is oh, but whitlock she's the one... or whatever whitlock. whitlock she's the one that like crashes yeah. in the the air balloon which is also probably the coolest fucking okay. part of the whole movie it is and here's that that's at the point of the movie when i was like none of this none of this is cohesive or makes any sense i want to know so much more about this air balloon i want to know so much more about what she does in this world that she's driving yeah. an air balloon around mars but nope the air balloon explodes it just i mean my assumption my my assumption is that she fled from where she unlocked the mist and left everybody okay. behind to die and yeah. didn't fully tell them up front like what happened until later and she was fleeing the mist and then the mist got to where she was going before she got there and then she fell and was locked in the cell or whatever or she demanded to be locked in the cell right because she knew yeah. it was coming yeah. Yeah. um also weather balloons they don't okay. generally don't have people on them. Or explode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, specifics are, are really strange in this film because they, they announced that the, the planet's 84% terraformed. Yeah. But there's no vegetation. No. They, no. they can't really breathe. It's on the other side of Mars. 
They have <laughs> okay. se- yeah, somewhat there we go. breathable air that gives you a migraine. It's somewhat. like Avatar air exactly. rules. Exactly. How does that headache. breather thing work? It like some sort An of avatar? thing that you breathe, and then when you breathe in the Mars atmosphere, it converts it inside you or something. Uh, no, there's just not enough oxygen for you to like. It's like being no, on but top it's not like mountain. they're continuously doing it. They just take a shot of it every once in a oh, while. Oh, you're talking about the the drug thing. The whatever their breather. No, they, they have that inhaler on their. Yeah, uh, the inhaler. Yeah, make sure you go every oh, now and then. It's probably just yeah. a bit of oxygen. You know? Yeah, it's like you don't. The, yeah. the, the air is very thin. There's probably whatever, pockets. Like... There's probably pockets where there's not breathable air, but the but they made a very good point of being yeah. like, you can breathe the air here, so we don't have to wear ridiculous movie masks. Yeah. Uh, Instead, we'll wear these ridiculous headache. safety glasses. Yeah, yeah. We'll save on. a million dollars. <laughs> That we bought at Home Hardware. Yeah, they're like the shitty ones you can get at Home Hardware for like ninety nine cents. For wood, ch- so if a wood chip goes awry, here's <laughs> your iris. Uh, oh god, this movie. Look, I want to tell you something that I did like about this movie. I liked the very brief scene where she has a little like locket that is like a little you take a little pill called Clear, and you trip out for like a couple hours. Hey Jason, but doesn't get hey, you. Jason. Hey Jason. I think he's stopping talking so that you can say something. No, I want him to respond. Hey, Jason. Hey, what? Uh-huh. Do you ever have you ever have you ever looked at a pendant? <laughs> uh, no. Have you ever looked at a pendant high on clear? Oh, <laughs> it. Okay, you I was it. waiting for that. I um, didn't know where it was going. The but... part, the other part that I wanted to mention about that scene is she has like a trip out she has a little trip out and she's looking at the pendant like Kaylin was alluding to she sees it like morph referencing uh, like a another hundred year old movie yeah, um, <laughs> half baked was great the thing about it is they're making a sequel the thing about it is the CGI no in that moment yep the C, it's, it's like filming now the CGI in that moment half um, the cast from the original is cancelled yeah How are they gonna exactly do that? <laughs> I don't even really care uh, is Netflix funding it? I don't care. Hold on a second. The little Sorry. bit of CGI in that moment was actually really, really, really good. However, the other time we see legitimate, fully rendered CGI is the fish just monsters. The fish monsters, and it's so yeah. bad. It looks like one of those like those like real time strategy games yeah. from a PC from 1997. Yeah. Looks where... like a StarCraft, StarCraft like the opening sequence where it's like they haven't quite figured out how to get the arms to move properly without it looking <laughs> like you're a hand puppet. Oh god, and, yeah. And that, that moment probably but those two CGI moments were probably a, a quarter of the budget and then they spent the rest of the money on those dumb long chaotic action scenes and fake blood. There's one particular yeah, scene yeah. that looked expensive. To there me. were a couple of good action moments. Like there was a good moment where it's um, Ice Cube and uh, what the fuck's her name? Species. I can't remember her name. Natasha Henstridge. Henstridge. Melissa. Natasha. I think it's Michelle yeah. in the thing. Michelle. Oh, I didn't write down her name, so I don't know. So it's <clears throat> what's his name? Dem- Demolish. I know his name in the movie. Desolation Desolation. Williams. Desolation. Yeah, Desolation. John John Desolation Williams. (laughs) I think Demolisher would be better than Desolation. But also, if if your name is Desolation, or people call you that, nickname, Des. 
Yep. Dez is a cool yeah. name. Call him Dez, man. That's a sick name. But anyway, it's the two of them, and <laughs> the doors get blown down, and they're just kind of. She has a shotgun, and he's just hucking grenades, and they're like backing up slowly, and like the way the camera is kind of pulling back, and and they're they're rushing the camera. I'm like, this is a good shot, a well thought out action shot that probably took a couple takes, and I like it. Yeah. I the just shot- hate the wide angles of them running through the shitty Mars town they built in a warehouse or yeah. whatever. And, like, just shooting squibs in all directions. The shot that I wanted to talk about in that same vein, and I think was very expensive because the sheer amount of people that were involved, was when they're, like, waiting, they're, like, in a doorway and they're looking down, they're looking, like, through a site and the this horde comes and is just, like, attacking a building. And they're far away, so it looks good because they're far away. Um, but the sheer amount of people that were in that shot, it, look, it made it look very expensive. And I, I just keep thinking about it. And and well, I just okay. If if anybody has listened to episodes of the BS Bargain Bin, one of my biggest pet peeves is people throwing grenades and them exploding into a massive ball of fire. Yeah, I hate it it's because like, it's a it's, concussion it's, shot, right? Like it's not an explosion, right? It's it's shrapnel. There's yeah. no fireball or anything like that. So as soon as I saw these grenades, TNT that's what explodes. I thought was going to happen. Dynamite I can I can exactly. forgive that kind of shit exactly. because because like but, in order to successfully have that be visually interesting, they yes. have to have some sort of crazy shock wave and like have so much shrapnel actually flying out of it. Otherwise, it's like, just make a fireball, right? Like That's the easy way, right? And I was ready to criticize this film because of it, but I also realized what movie I was watching. (laughs) So I was ready to accept it, and I'm like, this is great. And then you saw that guy get his arm cut off, and you're like, no, no, this is great. A guy get shot with a shotgun straight on and fly off to the side. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and like, the guy gets his arm cut listen, off that happens in uh, that happens that it happens in no Django Unchained as well. <laughs> Remember in Django when he shoots that woman and she flies into the room in the wrong yeah, direction? And it's, it's hilarious. Just... <laughs> the, Even that, the biggest there movie is no direction. No, no, no direction here. It's like you get injured and they're like, I guess I'm going that way. I mean, <laughs> I know I've mentioned the decapitations a few times already but they they always look ridiculous right like it's like i think the, they look the head it hits the head I, and then the like head them. falls off and like the body just drops it's so it's funny it's comical but my one gripe is like there was either one too many decapitations or one too little i'm like, like it was funny here but it wasn't funny there but one more might have been funny again i think <laughs> those are really sorry go ahead I was gonna say if they if they made one or two more, I probably it probably would have come back to being hilarious for me yeah. because they did so many yeah. that it was funny, and then the one extra they did, I was like, all right, he's gonna get his head cut off probably, right? And they did, and I was like, ugh. But if they had done one more, I'd been like, ah, I was waiting for that. The smart move with the decapitations is that they happen so fast that you don't get like the head slide off and the body slowly fall. Oh the yeah, head, it's just the head like, comes off and it's out. You can't yeah. focus on any potential error with special effects. It just happens and it looks fine. There was and nobody one... ever talks about it. There was one no. where um, <laughs> the 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 girl, uh, the other girl in their crew, who's like in a whole bunch of shit. Uh, Clea Duval. Duval. Yeah. Um, her death was kind of unceremonious, but that decapitation was pretty good. Because she dodged was, two of them. There was so much visual. Yeah, they don't because the fucking ghouls have those like discs that they suddenly just have. You know what? I shouldn't have said that they look bad. They they're good. Like they're they're fun. Like every decapitation, I was like, hey, hey. 
This is good. I, I like, like this. What, what I'm saying is I like that specifically because there was so much visual, uh, like, static to kind of muddle There's it. There's a lot going on. But her, you see her head perfect. Like, it looks like what they did was they cut the, the scene, like, uh, horizontally and had mm-hmm. her in a black suit just fall over and have the top yeah. part of her body still just, like, yeah. decapitated by the shot. And yeah, it looks fine. It's an old school, like it's an old school editing trick. It's an old school movie trick to do things like that. And I, I'm, I'm worried that John Carpenter, they filmed like a few shots for this movie early on, and he was like, "Uh oh," and yeah. then they, <laughs> then he stopped directing. I then think I forgot just, how to yeah. frame a just frame. Put this thing together. <laughs> I, I. I'm okay. Let, we'll get him next time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he does have like an old school style of framing a scene, right? Like yeah, his cinematography is, is deliberate and it's consistent through the majority of his career. And a movie like this does not really facilitate his cinematography style. And I don't know if he had fights with his cinematographer in this movie or if he's been using because he uses different cinematographers all the time, but he. Mm-hmm. Not all the time, but he has used a, a different, like a, a plethora of different cinematographers throughout his career. But his movies generally have a consistency to them. He's got a yeah. visual. He's got a visual signature for sure. Yeah, and this movie it's adheres there. to that, but it does not yeah. necessarily feel right in a movie like this. It you definitely know, like... has moments where people are sneaking around like this, and it's showing them. It's like like a Resident Evil game where it's just showing them from a bunch of different shots. Yeah. Which he actually, does that's a good point. Time. Resident Evil, the movie, the Paul W.S. Anderson movie that came out around the same time as this. I meant uh, the game. Is, how that's I know, I know, I know, but it took my brain there. I think that the, this movie, if directed or at least shot in the style of that first Resident Evil yeah. movie, would probably feel more appropriate and it probably wouldn't feel Event as Horizon janky is, and to me shitty. An, it's uh, to me an unofficial John Carpenter movie because it's he he, he just fucking jack yeah. john carpenter I mean, style for that paul ws anderson is clearly like a john carpenter yes. like aficionado <laughs> and he probably is like i want it to look like every john carpenter movie that was ever made event horizon what? to me like i said is an unofficial john carpenter movie because there's a lot of all the same tropes that john carpenter uses the same kind of horror the same kind of genre bending the same kind of like hyper attention to weird detail <laughs> I, I would also like to bring up the point that that steve made about um the resident evil film because it seems like both here carpenter and there anderson uh both got models with limited acting experience and tried to push them as the star of an action film or action horror film and i mean it's i think one more successfully than the other i think that Uh, i think they they made more movies with one i don't know if (laughs) he also married her exactly (laughs) but i do i I think that mila jehovavish mila jehovavish Jovovich, I think she's not necessarily in that movie, but I think that she has proved herself a couple of times in her career as being yeah. a, a fairly decent actor. Not an amazing actor, but like someone that I find compelling in a lot of stuff. I thought she was a. I thought she was fine. Like I thought she's been in like, <laughs> like movie movies. She shouldn't she, be in. Yeah, action The Fifth style. Element. Ever heard of it? Ever heard of it? <laughs> a little yeah. movie. She was great in the Fifth pervert, Element. Yeah. She was really Sorry. good in the million dollar hotel she i don't think she's an action star and she shouldn't be she was has she in zoolander she was yeah, yeah. She, she, was, she plays actually. one of the the henchmen or whatever yeah leave it to kaylin to always bring it back to some fucking comedy <laughs> movie randomly hey we all have our talents okay 
I'm gonna bring it to oh. video games. Kalen's gonna bring it to half baked, and Steve's gonna to ranch comedy. <laughs> Steve <laughs> gonna get mad about it. Yeah, Steve's just gonna my, get my, mad. My favorite frame shot is uh, Ice Cube and Statham at the door with guns drawn. Mm. When she's possessed, or they think she's possessed, or whatever. Yeah, I think that was the the scene. Yeah, not yeah. for nothing. Ice Cube holding a gun looks fucking sick. <laughs> yeah, he's got a yeah. good like rage face or like prepared to fight face yeah. yeah when he when he's telling the tale of like how he was gonna go rob the i i don't what was he robbing i'm not really sure he wanted to get food i think or drugs i can't remember it it's, was like, a food it's like a casino in a base he said I, he was hungry but then he, he found wanted a bag get, of money i think he was trying to be yeah, but pillage and then he went in and then like everybody was dead and he was like, holy fuck. And then he just like took the, I, I'm going to call them red backs. You know, we were talking about blue backs last week because they show the money and it's like regular American money, but all the green sort of like inking is red instead of like, they just made red backs for Mars. This is sick. Mars, and now I think I know what blue backs might look like based on them showing exactly, me red backs. That's exactly what I imagined. Just a, an American hundred dollar Bill Franklin. Uh, it looks like our fives. Nope. But when he first, goes into that room he has his like he has his like (laughs) bottom lip like chewed in or he's like and his eyebrows are like so pointed and he's just got a shotgun radio and he's like and he holds it and he doesn't like let it go when he sees the body he's just kind of holding his lip and it's uh it's intimidating he's got a good mad guy face well he his face looks like it sounds like when he raps i think that's why it's a compelling actor because he's able to just i I can almost picture him in the studio rapping when I watch him in movies because he makes like hard. He's just so hard. Whenever I see him <laughs> nowadays, I think of this one sort of like fantasy concept art that I had seen a couple of years ago. And it was when it was before they recast um, JK Simmons as J Jonah Jameson. And somebody had done like an image of um ice cube as j jonah jameson and he had like the class you know like j jonah jameson's haircut was like that classic sort of like box and he he had that with like the gray and smoking a cigar and like holding up like a newspaper with spider-man on it and i immediately was like i think that maybe he would be such a good j jonah jameson that i can't even deny it this rumored uh poc mcu like uh like a black x-men essentially i think that would be sick him as J. Jonah Jameson also kind of makes sense be. because he has the attitude of J. Jonah Jameson in the in most of his role. Like it would be a typecast exactly. to a certain way, but like yeah. he could he could pull off the he J. Jonah repri- Jameson energy. He'd, he'd be reprising yeah. his character from Twenty One Jump Street, though. I yeah, guess. Jump Street. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. 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 I need pictures of Spider Man now, and he's just <laughs> smoking a cigar the whole time. Motherfucker! Shoots an yeah. SMG into the air. <laughs> A, a chrome one the those chrome, chrome guns at the end of this movie was too. just like that was a little bit too much for me I, I was like, I why are they so that, shiny i loved that, it that's so a redeeming much. quality of this okay so there's there's a bit that i want to talk about another reason why i kind of enjoy this movie for what it is um it's very some of the shots specifically <sighs> right when uh what's her name clara deville whatever that whole oh, yeah, yeah. sequence cruella deville's in this movie yeah, that whole sequence where it's like an outdoor um gunfight essentially and well guns versus discs really felt yeah. like a video game there's a lot of moments throughout this that were very video gamey um and <clears throat> it would be th- like this movie called like something different like something like a video game's name would have been fine like if they this was doom 
it w- people would be like, that's not Doom, that sucks. But I, I would think that. What about Quake? Quake. No, Quake <laughs> takes place and it's a little, Quake's a little different. But you know what I mean? Like, do you, do you see what I'm getting what at? What about like, StarCraft? No, definitely I mean, not this is kind of similar to a lot of, like, Doom tales. The but Doom movie, it really is. it's very similar to the video game Doom 3 is one that where that ga- that game is really grounded in like reality they're just at a they're in a space station like outland that happens to like punch a hole into another dimension that's hell this mm. this feels a lot like that version of doom not like the version of doom where uh Ma- gunman finds himself literally in hell um What's the fucking gu- Doom guy? Is his name just Doom yeah. guy? His name's Doom <laughs> guy. Yeah. Doom yeah. Guy. He doesn't have a name. Yeah. Uh, th- there were a lot the other of people that have names like Doctor Hasselhoff or whatever, being like, "What I have done here is all against all humanity. <laughs> and I I take all responsibility for my actions." There were there were shots in this movie that felt like remember uh, like the old gun games in arcades, like uh, Revolution X. I kept thinking of at certain points. Terminator 2. Time crisis. Time crisis. There were shots. There were like sweeping shots that were showing just like people shooting. Yeah. And I was like, that's, it's really interesting. Like this, this almost feels like a video game adaptation of something. I mean, not to like pull us off tracks, but like the Doom movie actually does a very good job of having moments like that where like they throw in shit that is literally just like a first person shooter for two minutes. There's a first person shooter sequence that that was very cool. The Doom movie was with The Rock, right? Yeah. yeah, The yeah. Rock and Carl Urban was are the Carl two Urban? main characters. Yeah. yeah, it was Carl Urban. Yeah, and then there's like a bunch of other recognizable faces throughout the. Nowadays, movie. if you go back and watch that movie, it probably plays like an Expendables movie with the amount of people that I remember being in that at the time. I saw that movie on yeah. Halloween night, and my face was painted like Darth Maul. <laughs> <laughs> We went to a party and then the party like was like really shitty. So I was like, "You guys want to just go see Doom instead?" You guys want to watch Ghosts of Mars? Yeah. And we went to Doom and I was like, "This is the best movie I ever saw." The around the beginning when she takes the clear or whatever, and then Pam Greer is like, "You're high right now, aren't you?" She didn't look high to me. Did she look high to you guys? I think that's I think that's the point. I think yeah. clear is a drug that makes you like you have like a hallucinogenic experience because you gotta remember these people they they probably well actually no, they imply that they can go to the o- outer ends of the galaxy or the universe, which what the fuck are you talking about? But there's a lot of <laughs> time just traveling when there's space travel involved. So this drug, because they, they do, there's two drugs in this movie. One, you get a clean high, you hallucinate your balls off for about four hours, and then you're fine. The other and drug, the, black the other one. drug is what Carpenter was doing. The other drug, yeah. Laugher, yeah. laughing gas, will yeah. cause you to, it's literally just nitrous. Cut and your thumb off? It'll literally yeah. just make you do whatever. And that is yeah. one of when my favorite. When that scene came up, it's one of my I'm like, no, scenes. he's not going to. He's not I the only, that's and the only moment in the whole movie that's actually funny. Like, there's a couple <laughs> other moments that are supposed to be, like, chuckle bucket moments, but, like, that was the only time that I actually was like, <laughs> uh, he did. Like, but it was the the shot that they, they, the way they framed it, it was a comedy shot because when he chops it, literally everybody at the table looks Goes. over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it holds there like... for, like, it holds there for, like, one, two, and then he holds up the thing and his thumb is missing. And I was like, yeah. that was some pretty good comedic timing. Jesus, I'll tell you, did. I'll tell you the worst joke in the whole movie. It's at the very end when she says, you would make a good cop. And he says, you would make a good criminal. And they go, 
they nah. basically look at the camera and say, <laughs> nah. nah. And as I... they wink and they high five. Oh, it's not basically Ice Cube directly looks into the camera. Yeah. yeah. What was the what? You should have went like this. I didn't understand why. What? What? What's your guys' take on that? Or take it's my a bad take. movie. <laughs> I don't know. What do you mean? What's my take on that? On that moment? Well, like I. They like, didn't know I, how to end the movie. When people like, put things in movies. They put it in for a reason. What are they trying to? You know. I, I uh, bet you that John Carpenter thought this movie was way funnier and cheesy than it actually was, and like he thought the cheese was probably yeah. coming off as being like good bad movie i'm making a good movie that's bad on purpose and like right it just comes off as a bad movie a lot of the time right you nailed it that's exactly it he thought that this movie was super tongue-in-cheek sometimes over the top hilarious that people would really (laughs) get it but i i don't know how much of that is genuine and how much of that is i fucked up i've talked about this i've talked about this this sort of phenomenon on the show with other movies and i think what it is is when multiple especially when there's multiple writers and lots of people making a movie um everybody has a different idea of what the movie is so you have a situation like this where they throw in these they throw in a couple of slapsticky moments into a movie that otherwise is completely serious the whole time but then you have to wonder if those cheesy moments near the beginning where they're like they're just on mars and it looks terrible it looks like they put a a red hue on somebody's fucking driveway that maybe that was part of the visual storytelling of the comedy like maybe that well i think that's what it's supposed to be like that's what what this movie was meant to be but it it was you know critics at the time and audiences were just like what the fuck is like this this movie is expecting more because it's like natasha henstridge was a pretty big name well you think about something like newcomer uh, jason statham you got ice cube it's john carpenter it's got it's got a budget it's not a huge you think about something like budget they live right like where it is super satirical super funny something like big trouble satire in this movie you know well it's there's not really much that you can satirize when you're just like they're not going into like the inner workings of how this world works they're not really going into the details of like the women being the strongest they're they're just kind of like having these tropey characters exist and they're all very one-dimensional and there's nothing to them but like neil patrick there's like there's like moments where it doesn't show up as a nazi to you know to really strike it home that these yes are bad i think guys, paul verhoeven I mean? is like a master of the craft like no one can ever <laughs> stack up to him but like there's a moment where jason statham and um species are like there there's an arm that falls out and like they look at the arm severed on the ground and then jason statham says this does not make me happy and i'm like <laughs> That would be funny if he just kept saying that. Like, if he, if that was, like, a thing that he kept saying throughout the movie, <laughs> this does not make me happy. Like, that would be funny. And, like, the way he says it, it is kind of funny, but it would be more funny if every time something bad happened. Like, you know, it's yeah. like the Star Wars, like, yeah. I got a bad feeling about this. Like, it, he just says that. This does not make me happy. It would have been pretty great. <laughs> it would have been fine, I think. But, um, sorry, go ahead. Uh, just an open question to the three of you. Um, Jason, talking about star power, um, Statham originally being cast as the lead in the movie, what, they they changed their minds because they wanted more star power. So they gave the lead to Ice Cube and kept Statham on as a secondary character. Um, how do you think this movie would be different if Statham kept that leading role? It would be the same movie. Right? Like if he said, damn girl, 
I like you already. And then punched her in the face. Would it be a better and, movie? And, and that that's my point, is that at the heart, this is a very generic film. Yeah. Everything about this movie screams generic. Out, right? Like, you can yeah. just swap people in and out of different roles, and it doesn't change a thing. Well, Courtney Love I think is supposed to be the main character. Yeah, exactly. uh, elevating it, though, it oh. elevates it. Do you know what I mean? If you, like, had... Uh, like if you didn't try to go with big names, I think this movie would have been better with relative unknowns for the era. I think yeah. it would have been way better. I think it would I think the movie would have been different. better with maximalist, like over the top, like, like Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger and, yeah, and like it should have been. Stallone. Yeah, because <laughs> then you can just like get feed them those dumbass one line. I don't know why the ex- like fine. I don't know why the Expendables haven't gone to space yet. So <laughs> the space give it give it time. Yeah, exactly. I, I think if he kept Kurt Russell in the role for this movie, I know Steve, you say this this wasn't an escape film. I disagree, but I mean, know. from what I looked into, it, it seemed like they like officially were like there was an escape from Earth movie, but yeah. like it, this is in no way based on that. But there's so many like parallels you could like even exactly. like I said, like Ice Cube dresses exactly like yeah, yeah. Skin, without <laughs> the yeah, eye patch and his pants if... and his pants are a different. But here's Camo. what I kept wondering, like, it, they they do escape from the mining colony, and yeah. then she immediately is like, we gotta go back and nuke them. That's not very Snake Plissken. He, also, no, that was like, but, like, the movie's over, just end it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but I think who fucking cares? If they kept Kurt Russell in that role, say he was Desolation, um, I think this movie would have been what carpenter wanted escape from yeah. la to have been his eye patch right. is just on the other side <laughs> or it just goes back and forth between different scenes when they show up and they're like holy shit you're pliskin and he's like call me desolation at one like, point it's just over plisket. his mouth yeah. right in the middle i <laughs> uh, patch just gags. on his on his nose yeah i patch on the nose i patch gags will always be funny to me the one thing that like kind of broke the the snake plissken attitude for me from desolation was uh the brother dying i think was like the one thing uno. you're like uh what uno yep oh he's sorry. my favorite he was my favorite I, I did not understand what he was all i heard was like no 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 i thought you were saying no 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 and i was like oh Kalen's disagreeing with me <laughs> what do you have to say then um because he actually like shows a bit of human emotion, and that's like one thing that the snake really never fucking does ever. Yeah, is, is I, feel compassion or empathy. He's clearly a psychopath. I do love that scene though, where Uno dies, or not Uno, uh, where um, is it Dos who dies, uh, and he uh, asks, "How's Dose, your Dose brother?" Is the one with the thumb. Trez is uh, the other guy. Okay. Well, he, <laughs> oh, yeah, he, the noise he makes. <laughs> well, no, he's like, <laughs> I like, how's your brother? Or did your brother make it? He's like, nah. Yeah. He's like, nah. And then he's oh, like, God. oh, and then just yeah. dies. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't he say, oh, God? He goes, oh, oh God. God. <laughs> yeah. And then Henster just like, he's your brother? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. You just heard that conversation. <laughs> and then why she's like, we, why are we talking right now? He's like, oh. And then she like doesn't know what to say. And I, I, like, I thought she was going to be like, I'm sorry. Or like, you know, like, I, I understand. Or like, you know, what? Or like even no. just like a all right, we'll we, we'll have to deal with this later. She just like looks away like, fuck, like, I, I <laughs> yeah, fucked up. Right? I shouldn't have asked that question. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. 
but yeah, that I forgot about that death. I I laughed out loud when he's yeah. like, he's like, "Where's your brother?" And he's like, "He didn't make he didn't it." Make and then he goes, "Oh God!" And then just like, <laughs> like dies like immediately. Oh, uh, that's funny. Yeah. Oh, uh, I've been kind of scratching off my uh, my notes as we go. We never really went through a synopsis, but there isn't really a way to yeah. do it because it's so all no. over the fucking place. It's basically it's basically that. Well, that's the problem. Natasha Hens. They show up to investigate. Yeah. They find their town has been murdered, the and then and then the people that murdered the people that showed up there are like zombies that have been possessed by gas, and they try and kill them, and then they escape on a train, and then they come yeah. back and blow it up, and then they escape escape on the train again. That's the but whole then, story. But then it ends in a cliffhanger for a sequel where they come and attack the. It could be a sequel. City. Um, yeah. I, when I was like, when I was looking for a poster to post on social media. One of the autocomplete Google searches is Ghosts of Mars 2. So people clearly what? wonder if there's a sequel to this or if there is. Well, like I said, there's like a huge fan base of people that actually really, really like this movie a lot. Huge? That's crazy. Well, okay, sorry. When I say huge, I don't mean like a Marvel <laughs> level of devotion. I mean like a lot of people Bigger like than it. you think. Yeah. Bigger than you think, yeah. Like a cult a... following is, is like going maybe too far. There's probably posts on like the John Carpenter subreddit that are subreddit that are specifically about Ghosts of Mars. And it's There's just people discussing like what the plot yeah, is. Yeah. Screw all ten of those people. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if it was a nod to Alien, but... um. Or actually, it might have been Aliens that the scene's from. It was either Alien or Aliens. But uh, 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 she kind of has the same, uh, uh, like, little top and panties outfit as Ripley. At the end? Yeah. Yeah. I thought that, too. I was like, it's late in the movie. Are you talking about when she's, like, lying on the bed and just puts her pants on? Yeah, but she's wearing, like, a little tank top and panties, which is the same thing that Ripley wears uh, when she gets out of the... the, the Cryopod? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I that's, thought... a, that's a director taking advantage of uh, somebody who's used to being naked most of the time as a mom. Yeah, yeah but it's just like... The same let's just... thing with Mealy over <laughs> We want to see your boobs. You've been wearing a leather jacket this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it was weird to put that moment so late in the movie. You know, if you're going to do it, like, why... Why is it at the very end? Um, to keep people in the theater? <laughs> She's going to get some form of naked in this thing. Just you wait. You're just saying that out just loud you wait, fully. It's gonna happen, with the other fellas. six people in 2001 in the theater who have gone to see this pile of nonsense. Um, I wanted to say that, like, like Escape from L.A., there is, like, a seedling of a good idea here that would have been more agree. interesting. And, um, you know, we talked a little bit last week about how the plastic surgery cult is like super interesting. And I'd like to see a whole movie just devoted to that idea. I think that the story of the scientist Whitlock is more interesting. And like the bits you oh, yeah. see it, it unlocks creativity in your own mind where you're like, Oh, I, that's kind of interesting and cool. But then it like, it halts so abruptly. And it's like the only time you get to see Mars during the day. You're like, Oh, this actually doesn't look too bad when they're doing daytime mars it it like harkens back to like your your uh yeah. visualization of like total recall and stuff like that but it also gives you like a, a an idea of of that character being more interesting and she doesn't really get much to do either considering she should be the one that knows everything right mm. but she doesn't know anything she doesn't know fuck <laughs> all all she knows is that she accidentally opened a weird ancient seal and doesn't even say the movie but title 
<laughs> she was like, they oh no, I accidentally unleashed the ghosts of Mars. I 100% agree in that I think the the stories, the individual stories of the characters within the film are more interesting or could be more interesting than the story that interconnects all of them. Because yeah. I don't really care about how their stories intertwine so much as what everybody else was doing in the first place. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the the majority of like the connective tissue tissue between them is just that they need to escape and not die. Like <laughs> we yeah, need everyone exactly. alive to have a gun to shoot these things. Yeah. There is one line from so like the actor that plays the scientist uh mm-hmm. is the same actor in Blade Runner who plays like the the stripper with the snake, you know, the one that like oh, yeah. he chases through the, yeah, the streets. Through, through and then, yeah, and he shoots her through like the million plate glass windows or whatever. And like the whole movie, I was like, who the fuck is this? I know who this is. And yeah, I have to look it up. And I'm like, well. she's been yeah. in like every TV show ever, which I don't watch a lot of TV, so I didn't recognize her. I'm like, no, no, it's not this, not that. And then it's like Blade Runner popped up. I'm like, she's in Blade. Oh, yeah. She fucking humps that snake on stage. I remember that. <laughs> um, because she has like a, a certain level of gravitas that the other characters don't have, right? Like she has this like presence that most of the other people in the cell with her are lacking. There was a point where the two guys, there's two older men in the cell with her who both, one of them gets possessed and starts chewing his own fingers off and the other one gets his head cut off or whatever. And like in my brain, even right now, I cannot differentiate those two characters like at all. Like, like they're just there. Like one of them was maybe balder than the other one. And then, and then the other characters are just like also cannon fodder, right? Like one of them is just there to have some cleavage and be sexy towards the peach man who cuts his thumb off. Trez? Is that Trez or Dose? Who knows? I don't know. Uh, Dose, I believe. So like, there are all these characters and like, you do think of like, what, what was this character's position in this town? It is like an old West town, right? Like it's a, it's a prospector town. And you never really get the satisfaction of knowing, but I think that also has to do with the fact that there's so many of them, right? Like there's so many characters that you don't really get to dive into any of them. Um, and we, we talk about this all the time where it's like mini series. Imagine getting to know all of these characters. It probably would be way more Joseph interesting. Myers, the fucking modern day Netflix show with like the, the graphics, they the special effects they use for Netflix are like leaps and bounds ahead of 2001 for even a low budget. Yeah, Things Netflix, that... if you're watching. But they'd also, like, make their costume design. <laughs> John better. Netflix, if you're watching <laughs> this podcast, if you're one of the four people watching. The costume design in this movie is, like, super duper uninspired. They they all dress like fucking Nazis, and it's, like, it, not good. Like, And they, they look like Nazis who, who like, cheaped out on their own uniforms. Was that what he was trying to go for? Because that's what I thought, too. Well, there's a certain thing that, like, a lot of sci-fi does, which is sort of like this intimidating utilitarian style yeah, future and it's just like a lot of people associate that with like it being cool because it's intimidating but when you think about it the nazis did it to be intimidating like they were literally dressing with like skulls and shit on their uniforms to i be think we might be the baddies We've yeah, skulls exactly. on, a, yeah, on yeah, our yeah. suits. I think we It's like we literally have a skull on my hat. Like that <laughs> does that mean I'm a bad guy? Like <laughs> it's it's fucking crazy. The Nazis were dressing like villains. Like, they knew that they were bad. They didn't give a fucking shit. Yeah, they were called stormtroopers. <laughs> yeah, that's where the term stormtrooper comes from. Oh, snap. Interesting. Uh, 
I did also watch the trailer for this, not before, but afterwards. And I'm glad I didn't watch it before because I don't know if you guys watched the trailer. Did you? Anyone? No. I, and I forgot that we were. The trailer is narrated by Keith David. Oh, He's shit. Like, what? He's like, Mars. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Keith David in this movie? <laughs> like, that's Keith what I would have thought. So is I that mean, Keith doesn't? David? <laughs> he, like, oh my God. I was, I got upset. I'm like, if I had watched that trailer before I watched the movie, I would have assumed that, like, Keith David would have been like the president of Mars being like, yeah. what do you mean a bunch of ghosts killed that mining base? <laughs> like, I would have assumed that he would have like had some sort of weird low-level cameo in the movie. But I guess maybe he just like showed up to do John Carpenter a favor. Like, I'll do the trailer, but I'm not I, being in this piece of shit. <laughs> I, got to my note, I got to my note that I wanted to bring up to go back to uh, the this movie kind of looking like shit. Ben, are you, are you good, buddy? It will be okay. Um, it looks like an episode of Star Trek uh, TNG. Yeah. A lot of a no, lot that's of fair. Hey, that's sorry about fair. that. No problem. You missed my Keith David impression. No, that, you're you're. Oh, there it is. Yeah, here's a man who knows his meatballs. But did you find that this looked like uh, this looked like serial sci-fi from the '90s? Like it, like literally. Yeah, that's what, what I was saying before. It looks like a like an FX movie or like a like a sci-fi channel movie from the early 2000s. Did you guys hear about the new uh, the new, what the, the the gimmick for the new Sharknado movie is? Like, I want to bring this up because it's so. Yeah, funny. don't they go back in time? Yeah, they go back in time, and Neil deGrasse Tyson is Merlin, and he comes to the future. And when they come to the future, uh, they get spliced with dragons, so they breathe fire now. Are you yeah. doing a bit? No, no. It's real. It's I've also seen this. Sharknado and Neil deGrasse Tyson is like, so I'm in the new Sharknado movie, but <laughs> I'm in so the past in as Merlin. I know, Ben. And I'm playing like Merlin, the... but I'm doing watched... actual science, and people yeah, think that I'm doing magic. Doing magic. <laughs> I know, Ben. You, I was, I was leaving your place one time to go out because I, I was staying with you. I think I was in town, and I was leaving to go out to a bar. And you guys were sitting down to watch like the first Sharknado or possibly the <laughs> third one. <laughs> no one can keep track anymore. Sounds about right. Uh, yeah, and I kind of this is movie series that I kind of just want to fucking bang my head against. If I'm gonna call my, you know, you can't. You gotta cut your teeth yeah. on bad movies, and I think if you want to call yourself a true movie reviewer, you gotta get through those Resident Evil movies, and you gotta get through. I those wonder Shark if like Nados. Mars tornadoes are Birdemic. like bigger than regular. I've seen there's so much open space. Two? No three. What? Get the fuck third, away from me! Third one's out soon, if not already. That was my response when you pitched Swordfish. <laughs> I was like, fuck you. <laughs> We're not doing Swordfish. Yeah, we're doing a Hacker Month, and uh, I, we are just naming Hacker movies, and I said Swordfish, and he said, fuck you. <laughs> I mean, I'm with him, man. Totally I remember him. there was only one selling point. There was only one J selling Jason point. Jason was like, why fuck you, though? And I was like, I don't even know how to explain it to you, but fuck you, no. But Antonio Never. Banderas goes like this, doesn't he? Yeah, and that, that's what ruined his career. Yeah, that's why he's only known as Puss in Boots now to Gen Z. Okay. Oh, no. he's, he's I said Gen just... Z, Kalen. Gen Z. He's yeah, I thought about it <laughs> I was like, Zorro starts with a Z. Generation I watched Zorro. Zorro, the first one the other the other night. The very first Yeah, the first the, like the first Antonio Banderas one. And I gotta tell I'm you sorry. not bad. Not bad. It's not yeah, bad. It's good. 
I dead. fucking liked it. It's You're better than bad. Hey, I like look. <laughs> Did you go outside with your parents and then a killer, a, a robber shot them and the, your, your mom's pearls bounced on the ground and then you became Batman? No, I gotta Batman. go return some videotapes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good, that's a good. That's a good one. That's a good. I'm just there was, crossing uh, my notes uh, off here. Cinematography had a good is laugh at. What were you saying? I was just crossing up a note that said the cinematography is kind of really bad. <laughs> I scratched it out. Like, yeah, we already kind of covered that. It is kind of really bad. The I'm not sure if it was supposed to be a joke or just made me laugh, but she um, went. It's earlier on, and she finds the guy in the the tractor truck little mobile thing or whatever. Yep, rover. Yeah. Yeah, Ro- and so called a rover. God rover, rover. Yeah, perfect. Um, and Ron then Statham Mars. meets up with her, and it's like there's a guy, there was a guy in there, or whatever. Go, 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 let him out or something. And then it's like, oh, it's locked. What was going on? It's like, oh, he said, he said, don't open the door. And it's like you just told him, like at, like after you just told him to go open. <laughs> he it. said, yeah. open. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I was so hyper focused on how dumb the cross dissolves and flashbacks were when we're in that second that I didn't even think about the fact that she was telling him to open the door after he yeah. was like slitting his own throat, being like, "Don't open the fucking door." <laughs> can can we actually talk about how oddly selective this weird Martian fog is in infecting yeah. people? And they yeah. don't really explain why, because even when it comes down in the wave. Yeah. It seemed like some people were fine and some people weren't. Like they weren't but as effective as others. It's sentient. We know. I think this. it's sentient, yeah. and I think it can like its point of view. Go for is the leader. The... Yeah, <laughs> just go for the leader and win. Maybe they're too strong. Well, she I mean she gets possessed for like a heartbeat, and then it's just like, no, I have visions, so I'll well, reject no, the way that I inter- drugs, the okay. way I interpreted this is that <clears throat> in this fish culture this fish culture of mars this the physically strongest was the leader so it was going after the physically strongest people over and over again like it was trying to possess the people that were well the physically strongest or or whoever it has access to also or this guy he's right here (laughs) you know if i can get the guy with the muscles i go up for that guy but like that's why the the that one was in charge, I guess. Like I assume that that one was meant to have been possessed by a specific ghost of Mars. Like this cloud is like a collection of ghosts of Mars. Yeah, hide mind, whatever. Is this and, a well? I mean, it's not really within, like because I could I could tie it is sort of together. Like <laughs> it's kind of like that. It is kind of like that movie. Um, but like the way that the scientist explains it is like there are some species that when they have no access to water, they they. Sh- sink into the earth and they become stone and then once water reactivates them they come back to which is like a real thing that happens to some you know bacteria and stuff but like this movie is how did they turn into that what the fuck these ghosts how'd they turn into to spores and dust and shit i want to know that i want to know more about the ghosts of mars like the the thing is, is like this movie did absolutely nothing for world building it's just a scenario in a situation that is unexplained and i like lore and world building and understanding things but they just didn't really fucking give a shit about that at all like you're they didn't mad, give me anything you're mad at every this movie set for the same reason i was mad at <clears throat> escape from new york essentially 
But every every set in this movie looked like it was built for a stage play. That oh yeah, that's because it was built inside of a warehouse because they were like we can't make it. Oh no, oh no. Was it not? No, they actually dyed a gypsum mine red. I fucking knew they did some dumb shit with actual just rocks, and just it was either a tent or they fucking just sprayed that red. It was a that they used for gypsum, and they just dyed it all red. Interesting. Do you think that that one of those? Well, then why is it all at night? Oh, I guess you didn't want to like color correct the sky and shit, because like the whole movie is. They had no money for that. (laughs) Their their best outlook was like, look, we're not going to make back half of our budget. Maybe at best time only. Yeah. So let's not spend any money. Let's, let's Why are there the no stars? Minimum. No stars. But here, here's, a question. Stars here's a question for you, Ben. Do you think they went into that movie? Because I, I mentioned this. I was talking about this earlier. Do you think they went into that mo- in this movie with that notion? Or did they shoot like some over the over budget shit right at the get? And then they were like, uh-oh, we have no money to do the fucking world buildy. Make it look good stuff. I think Carpenter went into this as a final film of a, a multi-picture contract. And he's like, I, <laughs> I I, don't know what to do anymore. So I'm just going to pull from oh, what did well before. It's his mandatory That's what fun. I was thinking too. Exactly. <laughs> he's like, one more of these and I'm out. He actually cited that the bad reviews and the heat he took from this was his reason to leave Hollywood. <laughs> Because people didn't get it. I'm like, that's because you made a fucking terrible made a movie, bad man. movie, yeah. dude. With some and like, fucking... It's entertaining, but it's not good. He was also, I think, probably used to, like, just people being so in tune with his sensibilities and shit that, like, any kind of criticism, he's probably like, well, fuck it. I don't need to make these movies anymore. He had 20 years of that, and then literally in the first year of the new century, people just didn't know how to take his (laughs) movies anymore. Fuck you, John Carpenter! Go to hell, you (laughs) Go to Mars, why don't you? (laughs) Well, the thing is, too, like, people hated on the thing when it came out. It was a, a bomb yeah. at the box office. Most and... of his movies don't really do well critically. Exactly. Like, and I don't know if time. he was hoping or relying on that to be the fact later in his career. But yeah. he, you can't do that for your entire career and expect to become successful. He, he, got, he had access to the internet. And he saw <laughs> everyone just shitting on him. He was like, no! He went to yeah. My powers he are waning! To, he went to shitshoot.com. He got his son to show him how to use the internet. Yeah. And um, no, right, Dad, I, what's I think... your email password? Password. Yeah. <laughs> it's just. Or Trump Express, of course. The care, the care wasn't there. Yeah, um, I don't think that he gave a shit. I, I don't think that he put as much like time and effort into character development agree. and understanding yeah. his own project. You know, like yeah, I agree with you completely. But um, there's stuff, we're on the same page with that. There's stuff in this movie that is like pretty coherent and cohesive, and like, like, like the fun is undeniable. If we, if the four of us had watched this movie in person together, we would have had a fucking amazing hour and thirty eight minutes. Yeah, yeah. But the best parts of this movie are done worse than when we saw them in his other films. Yeah, that's yeah. true. From it's like it's like a band much. like an old decrepit band playing their greatest hits but they forgot to practice and their hand their fingers are snapping mm-hmm. at the and guitar video, strings you and know? an audio tape <laughs> is playing over their performance yeah and it, it's <laughs> and like out of tune somehow it's, it's unfortunate <laughs> but it's true right like this movie is not great <laughs> it's not a great movie um it's it's john carpenter playing the hits yeah yeah and failing 
and failing. But I mean, like, I think we can all agree that if John Carpenter today said, all right, I have an idea for a movie. I want to make it. And they gave him like his choice of cinematographers, his choice of whatever. And like, he was going to make a movie. I think we would all just kind of like be like excited for what he was not. It doesn't necessarily mean it was going to be good, but like we would be excited to see it. Definitely. If he's still alive, if uh, like I'm getting Dean Cundy back as my cinematographer and we've got a movie planned called spirits of Venus. Yeah. You're like, well, (laughs) spirits of what? I'm in. Venus. And Kurt Russell's in it, and the and guy we all know Dean like Cundy will come back. The guy looks like Meatloaf. Well, he can, do, he can still do Escape from Earth. That could still be a thing. But well, that's, that's yeah. But we're imagine imagine, imagine they imagine imagine they make a new Escape movie, and it turns out that Ghosts of Mars and Escape from L.A. and New York, where they all took place in the same universe, and then he meets up with Ice Cube in space. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just Kurt Russell and Ice Cube old having man, a space Kurt adventure to, to, to Venus. Cube. Look, that would be so good. I think you can in universe all of his movies because they're so in different places too, right? So, you know, I haven't <clears throat> yeah. seen I haven't seen every John Carpenter movie, but like all the ones I've Yet. seen. Yet, all the ones we're I've gonna seen, watch all of them, man. <laughs> all the ones I've seen, I could easily put them in the same universe because the the spooky elements are all very similar, and the macabre stuff is all very similar, and the occult stuff is all very similar, and the actiony stuff is yeah. all very similar. It's pretty King, like Stephen Kingish, right? Where like everything is like magical, science fictiony, aliens, demons. It all exists within his movies and sometimes yeah. overlapping into other movies that you could you could easily picture a timeline where all of his stories kind of link up into one world which is it's, that's kind of cool and that, that is like the, the sign of an autistic autistic it's <laughs> <laughs> the sign of an autistic good night, uh, uh, good night everyone <laughs> I, I, meant to, I meant to say autistic uh but <laughs> He's like a he's an auteur, right? Like he 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 knows what he wants, and his style is very signature. Yeah, it's like a John Waters in that respect, I guess. Mm. Or like that's you know. Steven's dad. No, yep. my my grandpa was named John Waters. Oh so. shit! Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, anyway, yeah, it, 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 I would be excited if he was to come back and do something else, and I I'd be there. Hey, I think that every John Carpenter movie may work better as a novel, and I think that maybe he his calling was a novelist and maybe not filmmaker. But if they if he's kind of well, like he a, doesn't write all these fucking movies either, though. Like I know, he, but he's kind of like a Sam Raimi, where his especially his early stuff like really changed the landscape of filmmaking because. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for there, sure. Yeah. Kevin Smith always tells this story about like he didn't really know what he w- he was into when he was like thirteen or fourteen, and he saw Slackers, and he is like yeah. Slackers is a movie where the the director just made basically like almost a documentary, but like a with a plot, and it's just so that movie I remember watching it. It's just so all over the place, and it's just really visually stunning to look at in in a like on a small scale it's it's very inner it's a very interesting way to make a movie and he saw that and he was like oh i can just do whatever i want people watch <laughs> evil dead people watch john carpenter movies and they go oh i if i have the budget i can just make whatever the fuck i want but the yeah. problem is is john carpenter grew out of that and kept his i'm gonna do where the fuck i want 
but you get to a certain point in your career where you should utilize the technology of the time i feel like if john carpenter made a movie now it would be dope because he would have people surrounding him he would have people surrounding him being like no you got to make things different now you can't just do whatever you want you have to appeal to a more a bigger audience and i don't mean like a mass audience i mean your fans are so there's such such a large amount of your fans who all want different things that you actually have to now because your name is so synonymous with breaking rules you got to break all kinds of different rules for all kinds of different people so you actually have to listen to the people that know what they're doing like for the time and i think that's why he's never made a movie again i well, i have a response I, to this me oh, too sorry. okay I'm go ahead you, you first you first um you have to keep in mind that being a director doesn't mean that you're making what you want to make. More often than not, as a director, you're an employee working for the producer and you're doing what they want in your style as they see fit. Um, I think over time, he became cynical because he was being forced to make bigger movies with a larger budget, but not a budget large enough to make the movie that people wanted him to make because he did so well with lower budgets with like escape from new york um i think if you want a john carpenter film to be successful give him the minimal amount of money that he needs to tell the story that he wants that he's happy with and give it a wider release the people are there to pay for it and and, and they will go watch it like there are so many fans of his early stuff it's as his budgets expanded as the uh, expectations grew to be blockbusters to be crazy action films he's not an action director no. uh he, he he's a drama he's a horror director so when you're expecting multi-million dollar box office results from somebody who's not specialized in doing what you are expecting them to draw what what, what do you think is going to happen just mm -hmm. let him do what he's good at give it a wider release in the end it's going to be cheaper and you're going to see a bigger profit off of it mm -hmm. i like it um what i was gonna say is um actually you covered like a bunch of shit that i was gonna say but now i can just say like a, a, something other sorry something different no 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 no. um i think that he also sort of became disillusioned by the fact that you know he's very creative he has a he has a good understanding of of how to like put a person on screen and is responsible for several people becoming really famous in their careers yeah. But he also was met with people have, like having been so impacted by his own movies that people started making John Carpenter movies that were better than John Carpenter movies that he could make. And like, like he would see point. movies that reminded him so much of his own movies that he was like, I think that there's there is a younger generation now that are making the same things that I would like to make, Sam but Rame they're making it better. One of those people. <laughs> Yeah, and he he they're he's he's watching his craft be perfected by people that were inspired by him, which you know probably you feels about that, and he can like sit back. Well, I, I was gonna say it's probably like a double-edged sword where he's probably happy about the fact that he's influenced people to make something that he would love to make, but seeing them make it better than him is like, well, I, I'm not needed here anymore. Like my job is done. Like I, I've seen what I would want to make and how I'd want to make it being made better than maybe i could have make, made it that's and an like, amazing point i never considered I, and I, it's kind of sad but at the same time it's like kind of nice you know like it, it means that you know his he has like a, a nice lush career and he made what like 19 20 movies mm -hmm. something like that and each and every one of them 
has clearly inspired somebody because yeah. you can almost yeah. pinpoint a singular moment in any one of his movies that has been either homaged or completely ripped off or like redone in a loving way. And like, that's pretty fucking cool. Like, I think that I don't think that he's like upset with his career. You know, I think that he's maybe upset that his career didn't continue on in the way that like Spielberg or, you know, like other people that like I think of in the same light. Like I, I, when I think of Spielberg, I think of, of Carpenter. They're not on the same level, maybe in terms of like prestige or, you know, what people are willing to pay them. But like, I love those two creators movies equally in many ways. And uh, I, I think that's pretty admirable you know i know we were talking earlier about never meet your heroes but i would love to meet him I'm sure <laughs> i would love to meet that yeah, guy i'm sure he's fine honestly i think it would be <laughs> i think it's great to to call carpenter uh a practical visionary in yeah. that he knows his limitations he doesn't want to go past them sometimes he's forced to but when you let him do his thing like he he'll never be as big as spielberg like you said steve um but that doesn't mean his ideas are are less impressive or impactful like or just impactful, because he's not exactly. going to be as big doesn't mean that what he makes is not going to impact somebody on the same level as you know well jaws, this guy better than example. spielberg did except for jaws may be absolutely terrified of the ocean which i'll never get into ever <laughs> again in my life. which is a, a crazy thing about ben because uh we both grew up by the ocean uh so mm-hmm. it's like you watched jaws and then looked out your window and you're like oh god jaws oh, no. is in there <laughs> yeah basically jaws, that's where jaws lives Moose Jaws. Yeah. I I really uh I really think that we've hit like the head the hit the nail on the head for John Carpenter because yeah. he is kind of all of these like like he also created this dichotomy of people endlessly discussing his movies. For better yeah. or for worse. Yeah. Yeah. Like we all didn't... all of the people that do this shit that we're doing, like with a huger audience in some cases better than us some cases not as good hey, we're the john carpenter we of those yeah. things but like we're the you john, know, like, i'm the, the john carpenter the, of podcasts the, the fact that we're be yeah. real. the fact that we're all talking about it still and put all, all my friends put all my friends and, and all my podcasts that I, that I create the fact that like all the other podcasts are also like will take chunks of time to talk about him i mean like i know he's never going to see this but like it's it it's might. so nice, and I want to like thank him. Yeah. Be like, thank you, man, if for making one, so many movies that like affected me exactly. over my entire life. You that know, that's has fucking a chance great. of seeing this podcast, John Carpenter. I would put him high on that list. Yeah, he'd be high up he, there. He is my favorite director of all time, and he he's made a few stumbles <laughs> along the way. Like it's obvious. Yeah. Like not all of his movies are hits, but the but ones I still want to watch him stumble. Hit-hard. You know. Yes, wanna, and that's I it. Still like, watch him even when he he falters, I I'm I'm still there, and I always will be. I think all of us will be. I mean, we might. Rip you know, some people bit, might but... look at like a stumble as like a oh shit. Well, here we go. This guy's fucking up. And other people might look at a stumble and be like, that's endearing, and I like I like that he was able yeah. to to do that still, even though he didn't achieve what maybe he wanted to or what we wanted to to see from it we still got to see him do something interesting and and different that's that's uh not not something that you can say from a lot of directors because like there are directors that i like but i would sometimes i find out they directed something that i was like what he directed that (laughs) like i i would have never 
have, have known. And like, you can just look at a, a Carpenter movie for two seconds and, and know that he, he made it, you know? And I love that. It's so good. It's, it's so, so nice. Good. You know, guys, I'm not as nice as Desolation, and I will cut your fucking titties off, so... <laughs> Oh God! Not my, not my titties. <laughs> I need them to feed my children. That was my favorite line of the movie. I wrote that's. I wrote that, and I wrote the final movie, the line in the movie. Um, do you think that John Carpenter will do like a final, like I've got to make one more movie to sort of put a pin in it, or what? What's his last? What's his last movie that he made? The Ward. The Ward. Two thousand ten. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like it's been 13. Oh, so that. Oh, shit. So it's been 13 years. Uh, Notorious Hollywood piece of shit. Amber Heard was his was his. The subtitle. It's the word. Amica with a question mark. Amica. I don't know if you saw the video of the of the trial, but there's uh, one of Johnny's friends or whatever is hilarious. Yeah. We don't need to go through this the whole thing. That's it's like a long thing to explain. Yeah, you um, get the Amica reference or you don't at this point. <laughs> before we get before we get too close to the end, because I know we're getting close there. I have some actual questions I wrote down okay, that I want right. to like ask everybody. Sure. Um, why are they on Mars? Because <laughs> that's Is where the they first... have to escape from. Yeah, <laughs> they gotta get the they gotta like, get the space rocks or whatever. I think because Snake shut down all of the technology on earth and then earth like beat itself up right. i never it, thought about that but that's actually a pretty pretty interesting premise because in 2013 in that weird dystopian future they clearly had some crazy technology so they may yeah. have already they are, may have already had a ship so the reason mars. they're on mars is via the plot of another movie yes <laughs> got it got it <laughs> well i mean it should be the third escape film, so that's true. Yeah, um, yeah. This is another one of those moments where I'm like, I want more lore. I need more lore. More lore, please. Like that's usually how I when, it, when a movie is giving you like a high a high premise on a setting you're unfamiliar with. You need a little bit more lore. And like, I would have liked a moment where somebody's like in the prison and they're waiting for the monster men to come get them and they're looking at the and then like a, a dusty mars cloud passes and there's like stars and they discuss something you know something to give us a little bit more context as to why they're on mars or like you know they go into the basement of the prison and there's like some weird mars artifacts and they're like what the fuck are these and like that woman is like we found lots of the you know like give us a little bit more mars shit to reveal that they're not just on Mars to terraform it, but they're there to discover the ancient technology of Mars or yeah, so, whatever. Use, like, give me a reason. Don't use the terraforming as a plot as, as a plot tool to explain why they can just breathe. Yeah. We're here on, on Mars to appease our matriarchal queens of Earth and all the most, solar system. Most men We're run dead by back <laughs> on back on but they also mention uh jason statham mentions a planet called uh utopia or utopa utopa or, or something europa like that. europa no europa. he no he, was that... he mentions a planet and he's like at the dist in the distant reaches yeah. of well, the I thought that was like a city or something or oh. 
It I was, was like, gonna say Europa is a moon of Jupiter. No, no, no. It was like it was like Utopia or some fucking word like that. And I was like, okay, so clearly this is a, a situation where the humanity's whole, left, or the whole shit. galaxy, or possibly the whole un. He's. I think he says on the edge of the universe, <laughs> which means, do you how? Okay, well, even with light speed travel, do you know how long it would take to fucking leave the galaxy? <laughs> Yeah, like the they must have some universe. sort of Mars technology to help them out. It'd be great if this movie would give us any reason why any they found Mars fuel. Yeah, one uh, one minor thing that really stuck out to me, and I don't know why, is I'm I'm surprised Statham wasn't looking around, being like, "Am I the last British person alive?" <laughs> <laughs> like nobody else. Why does he even have like? Why does I was yeah. born here? I was born on Mars, but for some reason I speak like this and no one else does. It's that Star Wars thing <laughs> where like there's space Bostonians and space British people. But it's they're all Earthlings, but they're not because I I assume everybody in this movie was born on Mars, right? Like that's they have to, if you imply it, if there's the implication is that they lived here. They're... If they've terraformed Nothing... Mars and there's a massive the city is right behind your head, Steve. That city is bigger bigger than any city on Earth. That this shit has been fucking colonized for a century. <laughs> Ben's maybe like, more. I'm out. Yeah. I'm like fuck. Sorry, right, when you're talking about space western, I had an image of uh, like maybe a, 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 a jumbled up antenna or two intertwined into like a ball, kind of like an antenna tumbleweed. Yeah, <laughs> like that the, would actually like the be wire so funny. That. See, that's the kind of shit they need. Kalen in the fucking writers' room for this kind of shit. You know? Yeah, like, maybe we, he we, could this explain. This whole episode, we've all been we've all been pitching upgrades to this movie, like. Yeah. An what? antenna tumbleweed is brilliant. That is such a good idea. What are Some the explanations human technology just... for having swords? Well, I assume that they just like ripped metal, like they ripped pieces of metal off of stuff and like that wrapped sword was duct pretty tape. elaborate. Though. Oh, oh yeah, God. there are weird swords. Oh yeah, but it looked like it was like screwed. It like it looked like they made it. Like it looked like a guy made it. It doesn't look like a no, tempered. No, blade. there are like multiple swords. Like in That's only many cops scenes, have guns. There, I I'm just gonna say the ghosts <laughs> of Mars don't like using guns. <laughs> They like using their old fish blades that they've had since the beginning of Mars. Oh yeah, it is kind of guns like a, of Mars. It is yeah. kind of like a piece of chitin on a. That's cool. It That's lo- a... Well, a lot a lot of the time it, it looks like a, a jagged piece of metal that they like sharpened and, and like made into a handle, and like sometimes they added extra bits of metal into it. But yeah, that one Seems she like picks a up a lot of forethought. Do you think there's well, a... well, they're ghosts of Mars? They've been you... hanging out in that safe at the bottom <laughs> think, of Mars for do you think a billion years or whatever. Do you think that there's a movie Bible for this out there somewhere that has like way more shit in it that we don't get to see, or do you think no. they just made put co- cobbled this movie together based? Yeah. Do you this think is they're... one of those ones where you're do like, I'd love to see a comic book it? series, but like they probably never made one because nobody gave a shit. Yeah, <laughs> no one was like, imagine... I need to know more about the ghosts of Mars. Like, we need to build <laughs> on this on this uh, premise, and all the artists are like. I don't know. They're fucked. So, <laughs> they're like, when you say ghost, what do you mean? <laughs> like a spooky ghost? Or like a... No, like an apparition. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I think this. Is, I think this would work better as a comic book series, but it's from before the movie was made. And or like is, one of those reboot animated series. Is, this is an adaptation. They could just use the. <laughs> this is an same. adaptation of a video game or comic book that never existed. That's that's kind of my final thought. <laughs> <laughs> 
And John I Carpenter like found it. He found it in an old briefcase. Just found a briefcase. It was there. So my next question was going to be, do you think the matriarchal society um, was for- formulated on Earth and then moved to Mars? Or do you think when they got to Mars, all of the colonists, when they got there, uh, it was like they sent like the smartest of the smart people of, of the era and when they got there, the the like the women realized like we cannot allow what happened on Earth to happen again. If I know Earth, <laughs> and they basically were like, "No, we're the men." <laughs> like just if like I know immediately Earth, were like dominating. A team, a team of scientists barely got there, and somehow, some way, were able to colonize this planet with people coming, new batches of humans. And remember what humans are like. Showing like up every few years, and then it just sort of grew like a weird, uh, like a weird fucking Garden of Eden. Yeah, but again, um, they never really explain what that means, right? They call it a matriarchal society, but like you don't really know what that entails or what it means. It doesn't if I, really. If I learned well, I anything think... about human nature and I from Mark the Avengers of Mark Twain, and I did, I know that women rule and men drool so i yeah. think that's what happened i think it was a weird well you know what they say women are from venus and men are from mars spirits of Welcome venus home, we've been there <laughs> the sequel sums it all up but it's a matri it's a it's a patriarchy it's a fucking in universe sorry ben go ahead <laughs> <laughs> no i think it was a really interesting idea that they didn't know how to deal with and just abandoned yeah. it as soon as possible yeah i assumed that it was like a thing where you know he put all these very strong female characters and there's probably like a note from the studio being like why are all these women so aggressive and then he's like oh it's a run by women the whole planet is run by women and they're like oh and just like as soon as you kill yeah. off pam greer that 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 story goes out dead. the window yeah, yeah. yeah. men take over and, she and, and should have been around. Yeah. She should to have been the, the point, main fucking character. To the point that <laughs> Michelle or Melissa, where the fuck Natasha Henstridge's character becomes completely Melissa. submissive. She doesn't really become submissive. She, yeah, no. She keeps she keeps thwarting his advances until she just doesn't anymore. Until she's like, oh yeah, I want to bang. Oh, yeah. That yeah. that actually runs into my next question. But <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she curious. so the entire conceit of the movie is that she's telling this tale to a council of like judges or whatever or like a, a council of like the cartel representatives which also is another question i have what the yeah. fuck is the cartel yeah. but uh the question is would she put those details in like it, it has nothing to do with anything on the mission and she's also like oh yeah and then jericho really got horned up in a supply cabinet and i was also horny so i started kissing him but then we heard gunshots so we left it's like would she tell that to them and if not why is it in the movie at all because that really kind of grinded things to a halt for me where he's like hey uh uh, 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 there's a, a tiny room back here that has a door that leads to another door to the train tracks. You want to come look in there and take a look at looky looky with me? And then they go in there and he's like, now give me a kissy. Right on the lips, maybe. Do you ever tell a story with unnecessary details? Well, yes, like this one. <laughs> but also, when she was kissing him, I... The, the whole time was like name in the nuts name in the nuts name in the nuts <laughs> like i wanted her to like name in the nuts and have him fall over but he didn't when we uh when she told real. him that uh maybe if you were the last man on earth but we're not on earth in my head i was like 
So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> and uh, that that really threw me off. And I couldn't take anything else seriously because he's like, there's only one way in and escape out the back. Like, so there's two ways in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you That's what you're saying. Way. <laughs> I mean, technically, but really, I just came in here to give you a smoochie. Yeah. <laughs> smoochie on the coochie. This movie's ridiculous. I yeah. have another question after your set of questions. Okay, my last one is what is the cartel? What the fuck is the cartel? Because, like, in your brain, you think Acronym. cartel. Like cartel literally just means like a, a a group of like organizations. That's what yeah. a cartel is. But like, why do they choose that name? Because in, in our brains now, yeah. a cartel is like yeah, villainous. I think it was the connotation yeah. uh, just to to give an idea that like things on Earth are pretty fucking bad. Um, right. So the, all of Mars is actually like secretly run by criminals. Two of their most, me- two of their biggest metropolitan areas have walls around them, uh, and that's where they send the criminals slash uh, expats <laughs> slash people who are addicted to plastic <laughs> surgery. Get out of here, you <laughs> fucking big lipped freak! Those, <laughs> your boobs will float you there. <laughs> this movie. My still... question is yeah, okay. Was he trying to slyly give her the finger in the cell? Yes. When yes. she yep. was walking away and yes. he was facing away it was from only, her? It was only yeah. for us. It was fourth wall breaking. It was only for us. There's Is no that way. what it was? That what, okay. They and that was probably also that. like, they probably did like four takes of uh, Ice Cube and he probably did a bunch of different things. And then that was the one he that everybody on, on like set laughed on. at at the same yeah. time. Because yeah. like, yeah. he probably did like a... Like a yeah, or like a, <laughs> and like he yeah. probably did a bunch of different ones, and that one is the one that everybody on set laughed at. Like so this, obviously the, the audience is gonna laugh at that too, right? Yeah. I would love to be in the theater when this movie came out because I want to I want to know where the laughs came, if they laughed at the actual jokes, <laughs> if they laughed at the whole movie because it's supposed it's ridiculous. Is it supposed <laughs> to be ridiculous? Like I like is when, this... when people woke up. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> A red mist goes through the theater, and some people wake up, some people don't. Some people the others start face off. piercing their faces with <laughs> needles. Where'd those needles come from, by the way? Yeah. The infected go yeah. and pay for a ticket again, just so the movie makes money. Yeah. <laughs> also, like the poster that Kalen has, I've been staring at it this whole fucking time. The guy has piercings on his fucking knuckles. Yeah, <laughs> like, which was the style. You, at you the don't. Time. Yeah, oh my god! <laughs> I just keep thinking about like putting on a sweater and like you pull it over your head and then like put your arms through the whole the arm sleeve. Oh, I and, have. Like, <laughs> it just like rips out your piercings. Those are good for when you put on a jacket. God, what? I'm thinking about my skin, because like, when because then your sleeve doesn't go all the way up your arm. What? I actually understand what you're saying, and that worries <laughs> me. <laughs> Uh, so, hey, see this one? Uh, Go smart. Um, do any of you have anything else before we head into our final thoughts? No. No. I can't. I do like the that. line. Are we actually so, going to tell yeah. the cartel that 
the base was blown up by ghosts. <laughs> that was that's where the movie should end. Well, the, like, that's... the movie does end with the leader person being like, "Okay, so uh, oh yeah, let's uh, go yes, kick some right. ass." Sorry, and I thought the movie was going to end at that moment, but they had to put on that little maybe there's going to be a sequel. Maybe we have to be a little. I know, but John right. Carpenter doesn't like sequels, so I don't know why he would do this. Yeah. I feel like someone else had their hand in this. They like this was not yes. like a, a John Carpenter passion project. And almost it every John money Carpenter movie McGee. ends in a way that you could have a sequel to it. So I don't know. For a man who hates sequels, he sure makes a lot of endings that are are left open ended. <laughs> yeah, so he can produce and write and not have to direct and like also own Ooh. like Ooh. slivers of rights to things and just like constantly for the rest of his life being like give me those yeah, sending my kids and grandkids through college <laughs> ding 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 i just gonna play nba 2k 23 and smoke weed. do they play nba Amy. oh yeah yeah he uh, loves nba loves it's like it. his favorite video he loves game. basketball he also plays fortnite Galen. So maybe one day we'll be playing against. Maybe John you've already Carpenter. played him because you <laughs> yeah. played so much Fortnite. And he plays on Xbox specifically, which I really like. Ah, uh, damn it. <laughs> uh let's see. So how shall I do this? Um Ben. ben yeah. Would you please do us the honor and give us share with us your final thoughts? Um this is a horrible film. <laughs> but Credit. it is it is so fucking enjoyable. It's a lot of fun to watch. Um I think this is a great movie to end the the escape franchise with or even just a carpenter in general because we've seen him do really well. We've seen him fail here and there. Um and this seems like it's the best of both worlds put together. Um, mm. I think we, this movie led us to have one of the best conversations about the man's career I've ever heard of. Mm. And it's, it's because you've got those bits and pieces of what he does right and what he does wrong. Um, I don't think the cast actually matters. It's the characters and the story. Um, Steve has brought up many amazing points about why this movie succeeds when it probably shouldn't. Um, I wanted to give this one shitty pair of camo pants out of 10. Nice. <laughs> um, Wait, are they what all color? shitty? What and color? then you just, they're all the shitty view. orange, <laughs> all shitty orange. Um, From all the shit that was shitting them, but I'm going to give it um, a five. Nice. Because as much as I want to hate this movie, I can't. And it's only because of the conversations we had tonight. Um, I, I've seen this movie numerous times and every single time I hated it. But talking it out, it's a lot of fucking fun, guys. Welcome to Hated to see this one where I constantly change my fucking grade because of the conversation we have about the movie. And, and, and no, that's amazing. That's what we should be doing. Yeah. Uh, because like your interpretation of film isn't the only one. You're not going to get it right almost like 1% of the time, let alone expecting it to be 100% of the time. So hearing different people's perspectives, what they loved, what they didn't, what worked, what didn't, that's going to mold your your opinion. And honestly, tomorrow I'm probably going to fucking watch this again and I never thought I would ever see this movie ever again. So I blame all three of you for this. <laughs> but at the same time, fucking thank you. Blame Kaylin uh, specifically. I, 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 I had a lot of fun with this movie. I, I really enjoyed it. 
So basically, you're saying, I just saved your life. Take a number. Yeah. Yeah. This um, is very surprising for me. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I believe if I'm going to follow the order from before, Stephen, I think you're next. All right. I wrote mine down this time because I don't know. It feels safe. You finally <laughs> took a break from fucking Kurt Russell. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't in it, so I, I I'm really easy to like riff on Kurt Russell, but I can uh, I need to write it down when it comes to this bag of shit. <laughs> All right, <laughs> All right. <laughs> I liked it too, though. I also liked it. Uh, this movie feels like a greatest hits of John Carpenter's previous best performing movies, cramming in tiny things most people love from those films into a disjunct narr- narrative format that, while not confusing felt unnecessary it was <laughs> flashbacks at times uh happen within the same scene no doubt an attempt to make a boring frame and a bad delivery seem visually more interesting or to ramp the camp in which case it's genius <laughs> the, perform- <laughs> the performances are lopsided and the characters interesting at times but not interesting enough for you to care at all when they inevitably have their heads cut off by a barrage of flying table saw blades. (laughs) The two main characters are meant to be an unlikely pair, which is too successful, to the point that it makes little sense to me. I really don't get why those two people were like, had a a camaraderie or catharsis throughout this entire movie. Um, Mars is a fun setting, but like nearly every other movie set on the Red Planet, it ends up being pretty boring without Arnold Schwarzenegger telling a a business mogul to give these people air. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Overall, I think the movie is entertaining enough to turn your brain off and watch uh, decapitations and weirdo space mist turn people into cannibal zombies possessed by fish ghosts. and a weather and, and a weather balloon that is actually admittedly one of the dopest things I've ever seen. But in a month of Carpenter movies, on top of a catalog of movies that absolutely rip, Ghosts of Mars is at the bottom of the barrel for me. But that doesn't mean that I didn't enjoy it, because I did. And I actually enjoy talking about it more than I did watching it. So I think yeah. that's something to be said about most of his movies. Even if you don't really like them while you're watching them, you can have a, an interesting discussion, at least. So uh, I'm going to give this movie Peter Jason, the actor who's in almost every Carpenter movie who we did not mention through this entire podcast. I was waiting for Jace to mention that. Is that the meatloaf guy? Yeah. yeah I did on the him. On the, on the radio. Real where the hell are you? John! John Carpenter, where the hell are you? You're supposed to be directing a good movie. God damn it! And then his head gets cut off. That's what I give this movie. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Jason, you know that brings us to you. I forgot to... Uh, so I finished the movie and like forgot to write a final thought. Um, but I Yo, do... Freestyle. I No, it's, I'm not going to freestyle. I'm going to write a series of the notes I have because they, I found a little chunk of notes that I think encapsulates how this movie sort of hits your brain. First note, this movie is awesome now that, it, that it's chaos. Guy gets his arm cut off and still shoots before ultimately dying. One of the women tells a story about blowing up a cave and finding a secret tunnel, secret ancient tunnel. They find a door with writing. She touches it and it disintegrates, freeing some sort of red mist. 
she let out the ghosts. The ghoul, the the ghouls are very Mad Max. They the are just they are just blowing shit up. <laughs> Lol, Statham tries to fuck again. She's like, "K, okay. go ghost goes into N- <laughs> Natasha Henstridge." How about a little sucky, sucky? And I give this movie. Okay, so I, I gave it a two. I legitimately gave it a two point five out of five. So it's funny that you gave it a five out of ten. Um, I give this movie a. Um, I know nothing about Star Trek, but I do know enough about Star Trek to know that this is a episode where they go into the the holomorph chamber. What's it called? The holodeck. Holodeck. <laughs> the holomorph <laughs> chamber. The holomorph chamber. And people remember it as a particularly bad episode. But if this was an episode of Star Trek, it would be a great episode of Star Trek. Yeah, really? Like a, a Imagine Picard dealing with this shit. A two-episode fucking mini arc where they're in the holodeck and it's the ghosts of Mars. So that's my that's my official. You're review. telling me there are ghosts on Mars. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, yes, flowers, flowers. Uh, that's that's flowers. Fine. <laughs> petals for they're, everyone yeah they're roses and he's like cutting his hands up on the stems like <laughs> <laughs> that's what the ghosts of mars would do oh also final note they love self-mutilation i want to make a note about how um... oh speaking of self-mutilation hold on i want to <laughs> yes i want to make a note about how it took us three tries but we got the, the we got the episode i wanted to have with ben so Thank you. This episode? Yeah. This is a blast. The first the first episode really was fun. its own thing and the second last week we, we didn't have a whole lot to say about Escape from LA and Ben even messaged me after. Ah, like, I see what you're saying. I didn't have a whole lot to say about that movie so like I feel like I was kind of lost in the shuffle, which you weren't. You, not this movie specifically, this conversation. This conversation was the conversation I wanted to have all along. Yeah, so I'm glad this that This is amazing. I'm glad that we nice. I'm glad that we finally reached our our, our proverbial rainbow. Well, I'm glad yes. we could all provide that for you, Jason. Thank you. You're my personal entertainment. It was um, a lot of work. Earlier when I said that I created <laughs> this, I did not, in fact, create this particular podcast. Kalen did. And I so, didn't even. Well, you this I, podcast I said, was hey, do you want to hang out and talk about movies? Yeah. <laughs> I said, hey, did you see this one? <laughs> <laughs> Drunken phone call at two in the morning. <laughs> Go watch your old episode on on Instagram, and that's basically what they are. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll keep mine short and sweet. Uh, this movie, it wasn't bad. Um, I would have liked a few more uh, badass quippy quotables, a few more, a few more sprinkled throughout. Um, as you guys said, uh, I so I also enjoyed having this conversation a little bit more than when I watched it. But then having the conversation, like you said, Ben, has made me kind of appreciate it more, as well as the different, we all kind of threw out different, like, oh, what it meant if they did this or this or this, or, oh, maybe they meant to do this, or maybe they didn't mean to do it, but it came off like that. And it it definitely heightens uh, my feelings and thoughts on it, for sure. Um, The, I can definitely, I did feel the escape from vibes whether or not it, it was remnants from an old script or what have you uh what is this oh, i already mentioned that i 
so I wrote down that I wasn't sure how I felt about the retelling of events and it being kind of um, uh, steg- uh, um, like broken up uh, as opposed to just being a linear story. But then, Steve, you made a point where like when someone tells a story, it is kind of like broken up. So that actually made me like change my mind about that part of it. So thank you. Um, oh, you're welcome. <laughs> and then Uno was my fave. He was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> when they when they get locked in to the cell, they break. They they finally get uh, Williams out, and then they go give him like they give him you know high fives and shit, and then they get locked in. Um, I give this movie. So I'm giving this movie three things, three different things. I give it a stylish body mutilation. I like give a it a razor, like a xenobite. I give it off and make them into earrings. And where where'd the lady get the ones to put it through her face when she was? That's what I was saying face? earlier. Where'd she get those needles from? What the fuck? <laughs> the like face I also on give the it, face thing, like the, the, the yeah, it was very xenobite. Yeah. Those ones, yeah. Um, I also give it drugs save you from demon spirits. And then uh, the last thing I give it is always read the fine print. <laughs> I also give it a watch, and it is MPAA 38248. Okay. I have one last thing before we get out of here. Um, we did another month where it was four movies from the same director. Um, do you, have you guys formulated a uh, a list? Because I what was I, the other month? Multiple months where we've not director, but, but like themes. If we do a theme, oh, month, yeah, we typically yeah. themes, say what yeah. our fate like we do it an order. Um, I would say that honestly, uh, Starman was my was number one, and then yeah. I would I would say that like I liked <clears throat> Ghosts of Mars better than the Escape movies just because of how like ridiculous it is but if i'm if i'm rating these movies as like best to worst i think it goes starman escape new york escape la and ghosts of mars but i think that escape la and ghosts of mars are like tie for number three and there's no fourth kind of thing yeah yeah i think for me um john carpenter's movies are sort of fluid in my mind where i i have a hard time pinning down which one's my favorite because what while I'm watching a John Carpenter movie, it is my favorite John Carpenter movie. Like while I'm watching it, yeah, and it's point. it's like something like <laughs> takes over in my brain where I'm like, this is fucking dope, and like I always am having a good time. There's never a moment while while I'm watching one of these movies that I'm like, this is absolute dog shit. Um, I've seen I think all of his movies at this point, but there are a couple other ones that I would maybe like to go back and do another month just to catch up and you know like the children of the damned and you did that Car- uh not carry uh the car one christine, christine. yeah and uh he's he's got a, he's got a couple other ones that I, I would still like to see the fog we talked about the fog yeah i watched um, most of christine at christmas time at my dad's place it was just yeah. on and i just caught the end like even his worst movies they're still compelling enough to make you want to watch them vampires that movie is fucking i don't think i've ever seen that that's a trash bag of a movie, we, but you watch it and you're like, "This is good." While I'm watching it, <laughs> we covered that on we covered it on the bargain bin. It, it's a fun episode. I highly recommend checking it yeah. out. Like, 
Nice. If you're not going to watch the movie, just give it a listen. We, we cover most of it well. <laughs> um, so if I had to rank them, I think Starman would probably be number one for me as well. Uh, I have like a weird soft spot in my heart for that movie, even though it can be excruciatingly boring at points. Even yeah, the boring points it's long, are still... It's a long one. Yeah. You're still kind of like invested, even in like the moments where you're like, uh, "All right, we get it. They they're falling in love. Maybe he doesn't know what love is. She does. I know." But um, <laughs> New York, and then L.A. as well, and then I think Ghost of Mars. But Ghost of Mars is kind of like fluctuating, yeah, just like based Ghost on this Mars conversation alone. Number like, two, it's like of... floating up and yeah. yeah. and back and between the the New Yorks. Um, yeah, it's hard. It's a very hard. Uh, or answer to to give to that question. Ben, you want to go next? Well, of the three I've been a part of, I think it's quite easy. Uh, number one, uh, New York. Uh, two, Ghost of Mars. Three, L.A. Ooh, Ghost over L.A. If you had to, if you had to slot yeah. Starman in there, would you? And no. where? No, never. <laughs> ben oh. Ben said on both of his episodes, I ain't never he... seen it, and I never will. No, I don't he, give a shit about. He Spaceman romance, specifically the first one that he does not care for Starman. Yeah, I don't. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. It's just you don't like me. when he goes, "I put baby in you." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That no, that stands out in film history for me as my favorite line. <laughs> I only have one more orb. <laughs> it's not a terrible I am hungry. I'm gonna give you a weird answer. That incorporates uh, was it last month or maybe the month before? <clears throat> um, I the so they all take turns fighting for the light, and uh, at one moment one of them's in the light, another moment one of the other ones in the I'm light. So they're they're kind of all yeah. fighting for first, and, and they all. No, he's talking specifically part. about the the beast. <laughs> <laughs> Does that does that does that uh, uh, suit your? That's that... yeah. It's that's like a it's a, a more direct analogy to what I was saying. Yeah, but yes, yeah. <laughs> you get it. Yeah, and which one comes out on top, Kalen? Ah, uh, okay. Uh, if I were to pick one to come out on top, the beast. <laughs> Let me go somewhere. Else. I might. No, no, no. I, I might. I might. I'm, I'm torn between NY and LA. I I kind of I'm leaning a little more towards NY. There you go. Yeah, but you liked I you said in the chat that you liked Los Angeles better, so it's okay. Yeah. And you also told us that you would say anything to make sure that Ben came back on the show. Yeah. <laughs> well, it worked. He also said you would give me one thousand dollars. So yeah. $1,000. How do they're, I get a thousand? They're, they're doing another tournament on Fortnite. Okay. Take, no, no, take us home. Can't, can't do it. I can take us home. We're all already home. All our viewers are probably at home watching, or maybe they're they're at work in some downtime, or maybe they're on the bus on the way to work, or maybe they're on the way to home. Maybe they're in the bathroom. Um, but wherever Answering you are, questions. thank you for tuning in. And questions. <laughs> for Jason, Steven, and our good friend Ben, I'm Kellen. For Kalen, for Steven, for Ben, I'm Jason. 
for Jason, for Kalen, and for Ben, thank you so much for being here. It meant a lot to all of us, and we appreciate all of your opinions. It was great. I am Steven. <laughs> I'm just going to continue. For Jason, for Steven, for Kalen, I'm Ben. And, and uh, we just got to ask you one thing. Hey. Did you see this one? Hey, did you see this one? Oh! He said the thing. Play us out. Hey, did you see this one? Ben. <laughs> hey. See this one? Ooh, that's a good one. Hey, see this one, motherfucker? We should do the fog. The fog again. 2024. Yeah, we got to wait a whole year to do another four carpenters. Maybe, uh, maybe we... I'll sneak in a carpenter I'll into my precinct. month. Yeah. If you, can, if you can theme it in, you know. Well, I missed the opportunity last year because I did the Stephen King adaptations and he's done one. Make a joke or something. Hey, have you ever seen a pussy do this? <laughs> <laughs>